Jess Trish, and today we have a very special guest, our beautiful human. Hello, beautiful human, Zach Say. Uh, I'm Trisha Paytas. Yeah. <laughs> we just had such a good intro. You literally just experienced something that I've experienced so many times That's doing what happened. I do. Well, what? technical difficulties exist every, like, it just exists oh in the world gosh. of what we do. Wait, wait, what do you do in that situation? You're oh, saying, yeah, you, you said, what do you, you do? You just keep going. You just, you what do you mean? Time? You have to restart, though. Well, yeah, sometimes. But, or what ends up happening, like in my case, and this has happened like more than once, uh, where we've done an interview and we realized that we weren't recording audio or the audio that we were recording, there was something else underneath it, so we couldn't use the audio. Oh, yeah. So you, what do you do? You just scrap it? No, I, f- f- fuck no. I air it. Are you kidding me? Just like messed up audio. Yeah. I, we try to figure it out and we use camera audio at the end of it. Like, like we will, we will because at the end of the day, like yeah. when we have guests coming in, it's hard to get them to give us additional time. And like, we talked to these people for an hour. They were in our studio with their team for like an hour and a half. Like, the idea of them coming back and redoing it just seems like impossible. Like an impossible task. Like, like, I wouldn't even want to do it for my own show. Like, with you, it'd just be so. It's like, I don't even like to do that. We only recorded 10 minutes. I'm like, no, like it's my worst thing in the world to do like two takes of anything. It's hard because like at the end of the day, it's an energy drain. You're yes. learning what it takes to be a broadcaster. We are looking at broadcaster <laughs> hostess with the most is Trisha Paytas who opens up her half house, half pop culture museum to the public. I know we had a whole thing about that. Yeah, you know, I was like, oh man, there was so many good things. There were so many good clips. Your your little audience, Moses's fan in the audience. Like this was so much that we missed and to redo it all. I'm like, how are we gonna do this? We had the energy going and no, but we're gonna okay. Sis. We can recap. You have a boyfriend, a boyfriend, sisters. Of fan of Moses's water art. I didn't think Moses had fans. He has fans. You're like, your house is a museum. We love coming to the museum. There's a King Todd hat. And that's it. That's our recap. I'm obsessed with you. Oh my, I'm obsessed with you. I am shook that you're here. I'm shook that you're here. Because honestly, like I've never, like I did a deep dive into you, but it was just your show. Like there was, you don't go on anyone else's show. You don't spill the tea. You're doing one now that's like round table. What? Like there's like three hosts now. Oh, I, well, I ended up doing, like, an Amazon Live pre-show the other day, and then I have the AM show, which is, like, my radio show, so that's me, Dan, Cameron, and that could be, like, Kelsey and Jordan, whoever's in the room. My boyfriend comes on that show from time to time, but too. But with not his voice. Well, well, yeah, we put him through a, a, a vocal disguise for now, and Why? he's, uh, a, like, a, a dark blob on camera. I don't know, I, I just, at the end of the day, uh, I, I want, I... I want to build a little mystery. I think if we're going to be very honest and then ultimately like everyone's going to get to know him in due time. You are going to do like a soft launch. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. We're not going to keep him a black blob through a voice changer forever. Does he want to be private? You look like a model or something. Like he looks like someone who'd be public. Are you public or private? Oh, okay, okay. So you're you're yeah. down for it. He's, you have to be, I think, to date someone like you or me. It's like you yes. just kind of have to. I got to be honest. Like this has been like the. I, I've never actually been in a real relationship before in my life. I've never. I mean, I lost my virginity. Like uh, there's been like so many major events. The internet calls to your them, boyfriend. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, because I know last time I saw you, which was like December, you were still you're like I do stuff, but not stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. the stuff is done. <laughs> the stuff is done. Yeah, the stuff is. Stuff? Is that the what you stuff said? is stuff. <laughs> yes. Yeah. How was it? Phenomenal. Was I mean, it? Yeah. We. we uh, it's never phenomenal for people's first times. Usually, people are like, "Oh no." I gotta be honest. Like we, uh, we've gotten to know each other very well, and also we we align in so many different ways, and I think that's just one of the ways that we align. Correct. I agree. Yeah. Oh my gosh! It could I be love crazy. It. So cute, and you 
like had like such a glow up when I first like you're in, we're in costume state. It's a Halloween episode. We're Ryan and Sharpay, which I picked, and I feel like it's a little narcissistic. Like I'm like, let me be cute Sharpay, and you just be goofy Ryan over there. But, but I am Ryan. No, you're more of a you're more of a Troy Bolton. You'd be the star of High School Musical oh, for you. sure, especially with your hair. Like we should have maybe done that. We should have done like Troy and Sharpay. Like, no, I don't want to show. I can't. I've never worn a tank top. Wait, really? <laughs> no. The idea of like wearing a tank top in this setting on camera, and I'm gonna show my arms no, like that. You look, no, no, but that's what I'm saying. When I saw you, you looked so good. Like, oh, thanks. You had glasses on. You had this cool like plaid outfit. You had your, your hair in the swoop. And I told you, like, Kyle McLaughlin, which I don't believe you know who that is. Like, that's crazy. No, He's now my so... Only, my only picture of this man <laughs> is the cosplay of Moses. <laughs> Moses dresses Kyle McLaughlin. It's a movie show, girls. And he was so hot in the movie. Oh, my God. He's so hot. He was on Desperate Housewives. He's on uh, Twin Peaks. Like, he's such a hot actor. You have to look him up. Oh, my God. That's who you looked like. And that's, like, Thanks. my biggest celebrity crush. And when I saw you and I saw your hair, I was like, oh, my God. You looked amazing. I, like, glowing. Was, well, I guess glowing because... That was really nice. The glow up with the boyfriend. Can I say something? Yes. Of uh, course. <laughs> and I, I may ask you a question. Uh, my boyfriend did tell me this morning while we were brushing our teeth that if he wasn't in love with me and didn't find me. Oh, my gosh. He would marry you. Wait, really? Do you swing both ways? Yeah, but I said don't bring these up. I love it. <laughs> oh, my. We need, like, an audience mic in camp because, like, I love when there's, like, a whole crew here to say this. I love Oh my God, I didn't know. That makes me feel even more better because sometimes when people are here, I'm like, oh, they're probably like, what is this bullshit that we're at? You know what I mean? Like literally just in this little room. Oh my God, that's so cool. Well, you have good taste then. Maybe I could come to your wedding. Maybe I'll officiate or something. We've been talking about maybe asking if you'd perform. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God, actually? Yeah, I plan on having like, yeah. Oh, multiple I, people. Well, but, but, but well, you should officiate too. We did talk about you officiating. It's going to be Liz Gillies, Nessa Barrett, and Jimmy. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a, no, that's a good no, lineup. That would, be, that would be a great lineup. I'd be honored. <laughs> It just doesn't make sense. We were like, wait, what? What song am I singing at the wedding? I love you, Jesus. Oh, okay. <laughs> really? Yeah, maybe you can. Maybe we could do a modified version of that. Okay, like how? Like I love you. I love you. Whatever his Are name you... is. Oh, yeah, that'd Letter... be cute. Yeah. Zach and whatever his name is. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be so cute. I would do it. 100%. I would love to perform at weddings. That's like my ultimate goal, like being a wedding singer. You had the most amazing wedding. Oh my gosh. I was there. Yes, you were. It was incredible. No, you show up to everything and every party and that's what I love about you. You're like a true friend. Like I don't really socialize, but like when I do have social events, you always like show up. No, Also like you are one of the most genuine energies I've ever come in contact Mm -hmm. with throughout my journey in life. So, and I, I think if anybody out there thinks anything differently of you, you are so incredibly pure and your intention behind everything you do in life and on the internet is really like rooted in just who you are. It, yes, in times exaggerated and this this <laughs> intense version of you, but still shades of you. Mm-hmm. And you've gone on to just be this fucking force that through everything has been consistent, if anything. And unwavering and it very much proof that like if you keep doing this thing and you just be yourself things will fall in the place it in always time. works out yeah, yeah totally yes cl- yes applause <laughs> i love it i feel like we're on oprah right now and i don't know who's interviewing you i was like oh my god wait, i feel like i'm being interviewed it's so crazy uh, yeah, uh, is it hard for you to like be the guest yeah because you do ask so many questions 100 percent. and yeah. in, in situations like this where i'm like genuinely interested in somebody and i care very much about them and like oh, yeah i want to talk to you I, I, i'm very interested in how your show's going and oh my i'm god. so proud to watch you do this because one of the first things i said to you when i came to your house was like the universe told you that it just needed to be you. Mm -hmm. And that is thriving in ways that like maybe you knew or could never have predicted, Mm. but like only up only up. Yeah, never. It's so funny because like I, 
I used to do a solo podcast like back in like 2019 and it just like didn't get anywhere. Like it was like a flop. You know what I mean? I tried solo podcasts like year last year. It just like didn't work, you know? So I always thought I needed like to be next to someone. And when I did your show, you were even talking about producing a show for yeah. me. And then I never heard back from you. And then I was like, oh man, this is awkward. Because <laughs> you were like, let's have a meeting. I'm like, yes. And I was so excited. I remember telling Moses, I'm like, yes, we're having a meeting. We're going to be on Amazon. We're going to be on on Amp. And then like nothing. No, by the way, I'm going to send this clip to all the Amazon executives that what I happened? sent that pitch to. And uh, <gasps> they, re- oh, they rejected. That happened to me too. We went to Spotify. We had like two meetings with them. They were like interested and then boom, nothing. And I was like, oh my gosh. But you know what I was thinking on my way here? What did they say? What did the Amazon people say about me? Well, you, you want to know what they said? Yeah, I really do. That everybody, most of the people that work at uh, AMP, which is our radio service, which everybody should check out. It's really cool. It's a new version of radio. Is it AMP or on AMP? And uh, where do you listen to that? You always say on AMP. I'm like, what is that? You can, okay. AMP is new version of radio. It's a radio service that exists where anybody who's anybody can make their own radio show. But uh, it's home to democratized radio. So anybody, but also some really cool broadcasters like myself and Joe Budden and Nick Cannon and it's totally commercial free you'll never hear the same song twice unless I want you to and it's yeah new version of radio different version really sparking a radio renaissance so when I pitched your show to them what was the pitch I want to know well it was literally this oh just just your show yeah because we had talked you remember I was like I told you about Colleen I told you about all the things like Dr. Drew I knew Dr. Drew I didn't know Colleen at the time because this was pretty early yeah and then I heard then a few months later you ended up launching that podcast but I pitched them really just a podcast with you and a co-host and I, I think we we're thinking about Dr. Drew and then I really mo- mostly focused the pitch on you and what ended up happening on that call was like they literally said like it, most of the young people that work for the service mm-hmm. have been begging to have you on the service Aww. and then I think there is pushback in other areas but to the point Always. where like yeah, and this is something that you told me that I could have never predicted, which is like I thought you would do crazy brand dollars all the time. Right. And you said, I don't. Well, I didn't, but I'm back. That's right. <laughs> I do get them now. Yeah. That's clap, audience. I love an audience. Please come here full but time. But by the this way, the timing of that pitch was different, right? So now you yes. have this show, and like, isn't that just a testament to how – tides change and perceptions flow and move it's a pendulum i always say that i said that on your show too like after after i came on like summer of 2021 like after I, a podcast i failed or whatever and i was like it's a pendulum i don't like to have people like build me up too high and i don't like it because they'll like tear you down so i just mm-hmm. like to be like you know think of nothing like in the middle it's like nice to have people like you you know but it, it always swings things shift all the time so i'm happy to be on like a wave now but you did say that i think there was a quote i was watching so much of you last night where you said oh, no. i've always built it and they come and yeah. i'm like that's how i feel too i was like you know what just build your own set and then people come like knocking down the doors people are like oh we'll do this we want exclusive this all this stuff like that and I was just like I'm kind of having fun just doing it like this you know just me and Moses and just like we get our ad reads it's cute and that's it you but know? at the end of the day that's how you have the leverage and and when you build something and everybody else sees what you're building that they didn't get a chance to be a part of they're now going to want to be a part of it like mm. and uh, you know somebody told me one time success has many fathers and failures and orphan and like y- you being successful is going to breed uh, and, and bring to you a ton of people who want in and also people who tell you like oh I helped her with this came up with this right. pushed her to do this all this bullshit yeah well you were the only one to push me to do it because you were very you were very stoked about it like you should have your own show you should do this you needed to thank you I, I I really like since the first time you did our show and the thought and care you put into that appearance like <laughs> you did what very few people do which is 
You cared about how you came off in a very real way. You cared about how you were perceived not only on camera, but to the people in front of you. And you put tender love and care in terms of like what your passion points are. Like you came in dressed as Pamela Anderson on her Howard Stern appearance. You have a good memory. Oh my God. It's iconic. Oh my God. It's easily one of the most iconic moments of our show. And I remember doing that interview and going out that night and people coming up to me at the bar. No way. Stopping me and being like, Yo, that interview with Trish, and it was what? only out for a couple hours. That's crazy. I swear. That's I, nuts. Because you do such big interviews. You have, like, the biggest guests. How do you get your big guests? I need to know that now that I'm doing this all ourselves. I'm like, do you DM? Because I'm DMing everyone. I'm like, I DM the most random people. And sometimes they DM me back. Do you do that? Or do you have, like, a booker? I think my team would love me to DM more than I do. Oh, you don't? Sometimes. And sometimes it works, you know? Um, but also sometimes it doesn't. And it's a combination. A lot of times at this point, artists do seek us out and they go through management, they go through labels. Sometimes they go themselves to us. Wow. And then also like we have existing relationships with artists that go back many years that as it relates to like how they release an album, you know, AJR, friends of mine. Yes. Where really? we saw each other. Yes. I, that's, I was in the general admission. You were in the VIP with yeah, them. I brought you guys up though. I wasn't there. I left. Uh, I left early before had, you got brought up. That's crazy. Yeah, somebody has like, to save you. I was like, this, I'm out. Because <laughs> I was like, not that it was general ambition, it's just like I didn't get it. But I don't even think I saw them. I saw like their opening act and I left. Uh, so I, I don't know who those people were. But, but I met you th for the briefest moment that day. No, we met that day? Yeah. Oh, did we? I don't know. Really brief. Very quickly. Um, because I remember coming down and assessing what was going on, meeting you really quick, and then be like, oh yeah, I'll come back and like try to figure this out. Wow. And I did. That was so nice. That was nice. Did you know the person I was with? Is that why you did it? Because I didn't really know you. Or you, we didn't know each other back no, then. No, we didn't know each other. But um, I, I, I know I. Uh, yeah, I knew the person you were with. Oh. And the people you were with. But I knew you. I knew of you. Of right. course. Yeah, I didn't because know you. As, yeah. Yes. Well, and because, but okay, also because you've been on YouTube since the dawn of time. Yes, like, right. You helped, and, like, cut the ribbon for the opening of YouTube. I mean, that is true. That's, like, one thing I always, like, will hang on to. I'm like, oh, you know, I've been there since the beginning, so. But so have you, right? You're, when you did your high school show, were you on YouTube or were you on was yeah. there an on-amp back in the day that you, like, were on? Yeah, so I started a radio show for my bedroom when I was 14, and then I did that, and it was audio only for, like, a year and a half, maybe. And then I ended up working for an internet radio startup, and I, like, ran the teen radio station, and then I took my show there, and that is when we started on YouTube, and that was around 2008 or 2009, I think. So that was early. That was, like, in the first few years of yeah. YouTube. How old were you? You were uh, 18? Uh, 15, 16. Something. Oh, my gosh. So yeah. were you, like, signed to something? Uh, I don't know if I signed a... Yeah, I guess I did sign a contract. I don't know. I don't remember. All I do remember f very vividly from the very early stages of, like, moving my radio show from my bedroom. And the reason I started a radio show is because I had no friends. Like, I had this uh, – I went from a very, very tiny school of, like, 80 kids to a school of, like, 2,800 kids. And I just knew nobody. And I just navigated so much life really alone. And the internet was just – for us, like from a social media standpoint, from a community standpoint, it became way more accessible. So the idea of using the internet in some way, shape or form just made sense for me to find community, build community. And I loved music too. I was a party DJ uh, when I was in middle school and I just loved friendship that I would hear on the radio. So building an internet radio show just made sense to me. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, like, I don't know, like when I moved from my bedroom to a real studio, like I didn't know what I was getting into. Like I was so young, like my, my stepmom drove me to the job interview and like, well, I literally thought I was going to somebody's house or some like, like weird office. And it ended up being this really nice building and this sick studio. And 
Yeah, I convinced these people, wow. these French radio executives, to give me a show and run this radio station. And at fifteen, yeah, I came in with a bunch of press clippings from Just Jared Jr. Oh my god! Because Just Jared Jr. used to write on all of my interviews. I would do like you know, like Nathan Cressa by Carly or like Mitchell Musso or like, and they would all be over the phone. You know, nobody would ever do things in person with me really, and it would be on the phone. And then Just Jared Jr. would write about the interview. So I went into this guy's office with all my press clippings and samples of my radio show, and I was like, dude. You got to hire me. I'm perfect for this. Oh, my god! And yeah, I just convinced him over a couple of weeks, and they did. Um, did yeah. they give you money? Were you giving Flaffy, or were you doing, like, a so split? I, I, at, in that moment, I was only making $12,000 a year uh, before taxes. Which is crazy for 15. I made $0 a year at 15. It, yeah, so. totally. It was something. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, but, you know, I would go on to make $12,000 a year at that point for many, many, many years until I end up, like, growing a radio show into something bigger and somebody else buys it. So what, what this offered me was this idea that I could explore and create a radio show with just friends that I could find around. And I had an incredible space and studio to build a radio show in. And uh, I just literally would come in every day with what well, so throughout my day in school, I would like write things that I would see around me in school and like things I was feeling and I'd crumple up the notes and put it in my pocket and then I'd get into the studio every day and I'd just open up my crumpled up notes and I just did a radio show based on my life and wow. uh, yeah, it ended up becoming this thing that like at a certain point, like we'd have guests in every day and there'd be kids waiting outside in the lobby. Um, wow. yeah, it was wild. It was, it was pretty like, cool. Was it like, what was the difference between that? And, like, Because it sounds like a podcast before podcasting. 100%. If it's like your life. Yeah, it was. Interesting. But you were playing music. Yeah, I was playing music too and talking about life. It was like a morning radio show. Wow. Um, just b- b- with people who were much younger. Like I was 15, 16. My producer and my co-host were super young. And that's when we started filming the show. And it, it'd be around then that we start posting to YouTube. And yeah, back then, like not a lot of people were filming uh, – Filming radio shows or podcasts and putting them online, like Howard Stern, Don Imus, uh, some sports radio shows, this guy, Kid Craddock, God rest his soul, um, all were pioneers in that space. And yeah, I think but they're we were huge. One of them. They're big. Like, you know, they're on E News and stuff like that, or totally. E Network. So that's crazy. Where was it airing? So you're just YouTube. YouTube. You didn't. Wow. But how are you getting, like, at 14 before all this, like, how are you getting Mitchell Musso on the phone with you? Because he was huge. Back in 2006, Mitchell Musso was, like, everything. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was convincing publicists. Like, I was sending these pitches. Like, I was able to get my hands on through my parents and IMDb Pro account back early, early, early days. Mm-hmm. And this is when, like, there'd be, like, this is, like, when people just started getting used to, like, putting, like, willingly putting out their contact information right. online. And, uh... I, I, I literally would just send pitches and I would just be on my Blackberry at the time and my emails were super long and wordy and ridiculous and I would just send and send and send until people answered. Wow. So you just sent one out to Mitchell Moose's publicist and they're like, okay, yeah, he'll do it. Yeah, I got to give credit to Debbie Ryan. She was our first, like the first guest that would give me time over the phone and it was wow. before or right when Sweet Life on Deck uh, was starting. She's huge then too, yeah. Yeah, she was starting. I mean, that was like Sweet Life on Deck was her first Disney Channel role, I think. Yeah. And that would go on to definitely change her life and definitely change mine and she gave me time when nobody else did so i owe her beyond oh my god she on your show has she been on your show recently uh not recently no because she's married to like a musician right yeah the guy from 21 pilots that's wild have you seen their house their house tour it's For, like yeah. so crazy you're such a youtube girl oh, i'm such like yeah tiktok everything like i just consume social media like i i couldn't tell you one song or thing she was on but i just know everything about debbie ryan because of the interviews and stuff all over the architectural digest yes i'm like i'm on it i love it and i kind of love her just because i've always seen her interviews you know being kind of like wacky or whatever you know the history channel i made history you know like that thing's so, <laughs> I know her from the memes, but that's it. She's but you really have talented. her on again. I would love that. If she was like your first like guest, she'd be like, oh my God, look at me now. 
Yeah. It was her like a local weatherman. Wait, really? Who was it? Do you uh, know his Bill, name? Bill Evans. From Wayne, New Jersey? Uh, WABC TV, which is out of New York City. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Oh, you know I'm from Wayne, New Jersey. Of course, because my couple romance is from New Jersey. So I know all the New Jersey people. That's right. Frank Iero. Yes. Have you ever? You had him on. Yes, but we've never had uh, Gerard on. No. <laughs> I mean, time, when that happens, you'll be there. Every time I see you, I would mention Gerard Way. And I just really am putting it out there. Every interview I do, they're like, who's your dream guest? I say Britney Spears, Gerard Way. I, you know, I saw you comment on Britney's post. Yeah, I had a lot of ups. She has a book coming out, and she doesn't want to talk to any journalist. And I'm like, girl, like I'm not a journalist. Come here. She lives like within minutes from me. She could just hop on over. Yeah, like I'm, I'm just like too big of an Uber fan. She might be kind of like scared of me. I've been trying to get a Britney Spears interview I'm for many years. You I've been, I've been working on it. I, have it's... you gotten close? Have you talked to the yeah, people? I have. <gasps> Yeah, I've talked to teams. Oh We've had gosh. some decently serious discussions. Oh my gosh, if she comes on, I'll be like your intern. You'll be, I mean, I'll be your co-host. Tell Danny's out for the day. <laughs> I honestly think that this would be like a safe space for her. Oh my gosh, that'd be everything. Well, yeah. hopefully one of us will get it. We'll put it out to the universe. Well, if you get it, we just want to broadcast it live on AM. <laughs> no, they pass on me. Sorry, on AM. We are just Trish, no, just no. Trish and Moses getting the exclusive. <laughs> You're too professional. We're just like in run of the mill, just out of my basement. Yeah, but by the way, like that's when the greatest <laughs> stuff is made. And yeah. Yes. I can make the case every day that like some of the most eventful, interesting, exciting radio that I've ever built was from my bedroom and from my first radio studio ever and like just doing it and do, like uh, like real talk like we, we we I've done this show for now like 16 years or something That's crazy and uh it's only within the last like you know eight to ten years that I ever like really started making money I just really just did this thing. Because I knew it was going to be something, and I gave every ounce of myself to it, like everything I had. Um, and in doing that, you throw everything at the wall, and you see what sticks. And ultimately, like, we did some incredible bits and crazy radio over the years in ways that, like, I can't even fully comprehend. And all of it started in the most scrappy – it started – still exists in the most scrappy way possible. And, like, yeah, like, aesthetically, we look like we have yeah, our shit like together. Yeah, like, you're in a big we studio. We have producers. Produ I mean, you know – you're on Amazon. That's like literally the biggest. You can't get bigger than that. But it's genuinely genuinely a luxury that's come our way as of January. Yeah, and you put in 16 years. So like that makes sense. And, and at the end of the day too, it's also like balancing and, and knowing what really – what it takes to make great conversation and great radio or great podcast or just great content that is built in a genuine conversational way. And ultimately at the end of the day, you don't need crazy resources to do it. You just need to be the right person. Yeah, and I you, agree. And you are like truly. Thanks. I know. I saw everyone having a podcast. I'm like, you know, I should just do one because like every single person in the world has a podcast. I'd go on TikTok and I'd see like just the most random people with like two followers doing it. I'm like, I need to do one. Like why am I not doing it? It's so hard. What's the craziest? You said you had a lot of crazy ones from back yeah. in the day. What's your craziest interview story? Um, like just wild, like good or bad. Uh, we had Tanma mom on pretty do you know oh, tan mom that's very random that's like 2009 yeah we had tan mom on that is like random 2009 2008 Why? i think before she was like popping on howard i don't know we got a pitch she asked to come on and we said yes oh and she oh she asked yeah she had a publicist oh my gosh and we were like sure we'll do it and oh my gosh yeah that memory just showed up on my facebook the other day what do you even ask how do you research someone like tan mom who's not a public figure so at this moment i think she was making a lot of headlines because she was being accused of putting her young daughter yes. in a tanning bed. Yes. And she was trying to clear her name while also, I guess, not trying to build something off of this, but it was all in the middle of all these allegations. It was really unique. What was she trying to build? What was she trying to do? Like, some sort of brand, some sort of fame. Like Kate Gosselin or something? Yeah, yeah, it's just something. It was a very unique time back then because people wanted reality shows. Like, yeah. And now I think it's a little different. Yeah, well, 
I don't know. Like, I still think the big ones are the reality. Like, Kardashians, Love is Blind. Like, I feel like the Love is Blind mm. people said they make, like, six figures, a, like, just a year doing, like, promotion and stuff. That's wild. Yeah. Like, one person quit their job. I forget her name. She was on the Chicago episode. And she, like, quit her job being, like, I don't know, some, like, medical technician. And she's like, I make more money being an influencer. I was like, that's crazy. Is that sustainable? I don't know. That's a good question. I try to think of influencers. Like, who's the influencers you watched, like, when you were young? Like, who's the originals? Oh, Are dude. they still around? I remember trying to get, like, Dave Days on my show. Do you <gasps> he remember was him? on, wasn't he? Yeah. Was he on your show? Yeah, a long time ago. Like, God, he, he, he was ago. another. Oh, my God. I want Dave Days on this show. I forgot about him. <laughs> he did all that music. Do you remember and... Michael Buckley? What the fuck? Yeah. yeah. You're a he, real one. He was like destined to. He was on the uh, Kelly Ripa. Yes, everybody he thought he was going to be the biggest thing. What alone. happened? He did. He just. Do they just? Do they make so much money they're just done, or do they just get over no, it? He, I, I don't. Out? I don't know. You never I, interviewed him. Well, I think I always tried to get him on my show, and then it was somebody who just at the time just wouldn't say yes for whatever reason. That's okay. And when he was really popular. Yeah. But I don't know, like, remember, like, what was popular back then? Like, I don't even remember, what like, what, what the number was to constitute popular. Like, a million. I think if you had, like, yeah. a million subscribers and a million views, it was, like, a lot. You look like Dave Days right now. Dude, I love it. Oh, my. I he had Miley do. Cyrus in his video. Remember that? Yeah. And I was like, oh, because he always, his chick was always having, like, the Miley Cyrus, like, stand cardboard cut out. And then he finally got her in the video. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Well, do you remember her height. Do you remember the Miley Cyrus moment that, like, ends up shaping Twitter at the time? She's the first celebrity, I believe. In comment section, correct me if I'm wrong. But I think she's, like, the first, like, celebrity that leaves Twitter in a very real way. No, I don't remember this. It, 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 Wait, what? So she <laughs> leaves Twitter one. first. And then there's this girl. Who threatens to eat her cat if Miley Wait, won't return to Twitter? And I somehow get an interview with Miley Cyrus. No, I didn't see this one. It was the first interview I did with Miley oh Cyrus. Oh my god! She's been on the show three times, and this is the first time. Oh my god! And I get an interview with her. It's backstage at the Prudential Center in Newark, New Jersey. Z100 does their interview first. I go second, and we have a great conversation. And in the middle, I have to bring up this girl who's threatening to eat her cat. You did? If she won't go back to Twitter. No. Yeah, I did. Oh, my God. Did she go back to Twitter then? <laughs> uh, I believe her answer was no, but we can look this up. You can all quote me. What did she say in your interview? I don't really remember. But oh. <laughs> <laughs> she was she like, why are you asking me this? Because you ask questions. I don't like to, like, ask. Like, if Ariana Grande came on today, I would never ask her about Ethan Slater. I'd just be like, hey, girl, the pink cloud is great. You know? Like, I would ask those questions. But you ask, you ask those deep questions like that. Yeah, I do. And that's, like, scary to me. Like, I, I don't know. Do you not get, like, nervous asking these celebrities, especially when back then you weren't, like, who you are now? Well, that was, you know, it was different. Like, back then I knew I wanted to get this question out because the internet was talking about it and I wanted to know. Like, more than anything, I just needed to know. So wherever I shoved it in, I needed to know. And in that moment, I was doing interviews really in, in smaller increments of time. So I probably only – that interview maybe like, nine minutes. It's very small. But – as I progress, like it, the phone interviews I used to do for my house were long. And then when I would go out and do things like with Miley Cyrus for the first time, short. But then we get eventually like we can get an hour with Miley and she comes on in Malibu era and it's an amazing interview and wow. it's iconic and she's incredible and just awesome, awesome, awesome. It's easier to ask questions that are really deep and meaningful and personal when you have time with somebody because you're establishing something and you're really talking to them. And yeah. I genuinely care. Like, and I hope you feel that when you've come always, on our show, like always. I get like, I'm emotionally drained after interviews because I leave it out there. And that's how I know it's a good guest. Yeah. And, and God's truth, not every guest is created equal. And there's some guests I leave and I'm like, did I really just do that? 
you know, or why, some guests I go into and I go, why am I doing this? Yeah. And it ends up being great. So it can go both ways, but I give it everything. Yeah. You can tell you put so much, the first time interview I did, I remember you knew so much, like you put so much time and care into research, which is why I love, it. I don't think any other, po- there'd be podcasts I do and they like, they wouldn't know I was married. They wouldn't know, you know, like that kind of stuff. And you put so much, you know, like nice. every little thing about everybody. It's amazing. How often, do, how long does it take you to research a guest before pretty, you come on? Pretty long. And, and like a day, it, it, it could take longer. And one of the, I have help now and she just joined in when you join may. Uh, so, oh you're a researcher oh yeah. my gosh how she, exciting what a cool job that's she jo- like a dream job she joined in may oh i love researching like i love researching guests that's why i love to do it like i love to like find out everything about everybody it is fun right it's so fun like when i started walking obviously i watched your show but then there's like so many like deep dives of just like you know the like round table thing you're doing now and stuff and like uh, it's, it's so interesting and then your article i paid for the new york times article i didn't even know that you said that i was like haha i thought he was like joking or something i didn't know they did an article and i read it and it was so good and i was like oh my gosh this is amazing why did they put it behind a pay wall though I made Trisha Paytas pay for the New York Times. I paid four dollars, and I probably will pay it for the rest of my life because I never cancel anything. So it's probably going to keep charging me. You're welcome. I know. Why behind a pay? Was it printed? Do you know? Yeah, it was printed. Yeah. yeah I yeah. love a print article. If someone wants to do a print article, me, I say yes, 100. percent You have to because it's yes. real and it's tangible and like it's just old school. And I know. Yeah. I love it so much. Was that your first like major? I mean, obviously people did articles about you. Was that your first like major one? Well, that was yeah. That was a New big York one. Times. That's crazy. And they profiled me. Wow. It was wild. Oh. You get all the pictures. They did like a photo shoot. The way they described it though I don't know what studio you were in at the time they're like you're in like a hole in the wall or something, <laughs> like in the ceiling or something I'm like what studio was that that was so you, this was like a very a couple months of time so I end up I, I have this big radio show that we did so okay a little timeline and then I'll get into it I leave this like second radio company that I end up working for is this the one you got canceled from well so okay the one I get, I didn't get canceled. Everyone's like, Zach Shang show is canceled. I was like, what? Like, yeah. you had the biggest guest. Yeah, okay. It is, it is you interesting. Did get canceled. Oh, no, we'll you talk didn't. about it. Okay. It wasn't necessarily canceled. It was, we didn't come to terms on the contract in God's truth. I didn't want to work in an, in, in an arena that was just backwards in, and antiquated in their practice and anti-audience and anti-artists in how they operate. Mm-hmm. And that was the company I used to work for. And I, I, I was done with that. I just, I had no bandwidth for it anymore. And I, I didn't want to be a part of it. What ends up happening is like, I have this internet radio show. I then work for Nickelodeon. And then I'm at Nickelodeon for a couple of years, uh, doing stuff on TV and random stuff around. Um, and then I end up starting a FM radio show in syndication. It's like the years like 2012. And what we ended up doing was taking my show that I used to do on the internet and building it for FM radio. And I sell it independently from station to station, one at a time, until we end up hitting 90 stations or 80-something, like high 80s, something like that, uh, like maybe 10 years later. Wow. And it ends up becoming like pretty much the largest pop nighttime radio show still to ever exist. And we're on everywhere from like Salt Lake City to Houston, Texas, to Burlington, Vermont, to Keene, New Hampshire, to... I mean, so conservative Toronto, states too. Everywhere, Pensacola, Mobile, Jackson, Mississippi, wow. like really cities big and small. And we end up doing something that no other radio show was able to do there, which was be a really young, progressive voice that didn't talk at the audience but talked with them, yeah, and to them. And it was just a totally different approach to nighttime radio. It was me and my friends living life every day, exactly what I would I used to do on the internet. I just brought to FM radio and uh, it was a, it ended up working really well and the ratings were really high and it was successful both 
in, in communities, big and small, all across North America, but also online. Like, yeah. that's when you used to come on the show for the first time. So big. Your show was huge. You were doing everyone, like BTS, like all these people. It was yeah. crazy. I mean, we had like 2 million people listening at night. Yeah. It was it was that's something. insane yeah, for thanks. like radio, yeah. Crazy. Uh, I mean, for even YouTube now, it's crazy to get 2 million views, but listening is even crazier to downloads, all that stuff. And, and this was FM. Like, people were in their car. That's crazy. Oh, my God. Uh, and how long were you on for a night? Were you on like a few ten, hours? Ten, oh, yeah. Five hours a night. Wow. Yeah. And for 10 years. Oh my. Wait, so that's the one that canceled. Yeah. So. That was recent, right? Like a couple years ago. Yeah. The contract comes to an end. Uh, Our our last contract with them was seven years. And we ended up, we couldn't come to terms on what was Mm -hmm. next. And, And at the end of the day, like I said before, like I wanted to work somewhere that wanted to create an experience both from a listening and viewing perspective that was pro audience and pro artists. And that's what Amazon music does. And that's what Amazon's amp does. Like what we're creating is the future of radio and what DSPs are doing right now is it has the ability to really change the way music has already changed the way music is received and is interacted with, but it's going to get even deeper. And I do believe that like radio is amazing and radio is a big place in society and culture and making radio was the most fun I've had and I continue to have fun in new ways but like it was just something different it was something just to be through an FM signal coming through your car like everybody knows the radio stations they grew up with yeah you know everybody knows Kiss FM everybody knows Z100 like everybody knows Caribbean in Texas or B96 in Chicago like it's just staples they're just things that pillars that so many generations have been molded around and built around uh so to be on those stations is an incredible honor and a responsibility I never took lately and something I may never ever do again and I'm okay with that. Yeah. Like completely okay with that because of what places like Amazon and places like AMP and Spotify and Apple are doing to push music forward in the real way. But also at the same time, like the only reason radio is going away over time is because radio companies and radio industry has done it to themselves. Like if you take an hour, which most people won't because it's such a bad experience, but if you take an hour or 42 minutes to listen to Kiss FM, do it. Yeah. It's horrendous. You're going to hear the same song two times on a minimum. Oh. You'll sit through 25 minutes of commercials, 18 at a minimum. It's it's it, They program against themselves. Do you not have commercials on yours? No. None? No. We oh. do YouTube AdSense and stuff. And we you, just started, you don't do ad reads. Like we a just podcast. started rolling in a mid-roll, so, but so in select episodes. It's like here and there. So like you're yeah. doing how long on AMP? How long? Is I do it? three hours a day. Three hours a day. And is it on demand? I guess I'm still confused. Or do you yeah, have to tune it's in? Li- it's live and on demand. And okay, you- so you could re-listen to an episode. 100%. So the stuff you put on YouTube is part of that show? You're just putting the interviews on yeah, there? Yeah, the interviews go up to YouTube, and then our show clips end up going to TikTok and stuff. Uh, show clips and interview clips. But the show lives on AMP first, then on demand on AMP, and then you can grab the podcast wherever you... And then when are you putting in music? Like when are you like DJing music I'm, on I'm there? I'm playing like in real time. Like as we're talking, I'm playing music that is needed for the day but also music that's relevant to the conversation Wait, we're talking taking now requests. there's a song playing no if we're talking <laughs> now like i don't know we talk about uh i love you moses i can then play <laughs> i love you moses like really? a real radio show oh that's so cool that's yeah. really cool i and, didn't know that so your guests are there and you're just like wait a second let me play some music and you just yeah. are sitting there vibing to the music well sometimes it's the music of the guests like we'll go track by track of an album with somebody you know, and listen wow. to their album with them. So that's why 
I mean, obviously they love you, but that would be a huge benefit to someone trying to promote their music. Totally. Oh, so you listen to a whole album on air? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's crazy. I'll tell you something cooler. I was one of the first, like, I, one of the first, one of the first in, like, the modern era to play entire albums on FM radio. Like, uh, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, we'd have, like, Ariana Grande in or, like, BTS or uh, Justin Bieber in, and we'd do, like, album listening sessions where the interview would take you through the album track by track, and we'd play the entire thing on FM radio stations all over the country. Wow. Yeah, that one interview you had with Ariana, there was, like, a ton of, like, kids sitting behind her or something yeah, like slumber that. slumber party. What was that about and why? Uh, I want to do that. That sounds... Well, <laughs> wait, was it kids, though? Is that kind of weird? I don't know. No, not kids. They fans. were, like, adults. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, yeah, legal were, um, age. I don't know why there were a bunch of little kids like sitting behind her, like, jamming to music, and I was like, what is this? What's happening? No, no children. Just, just okay. uh, yeah, real age fans, uh, legal <laughs> age fans. And she was like, she just wanted us to do something different. And we, we do something for every album that she releases, yeah. and we have for a very long time. And... I, she just wanted to throw a slumber party or it, it, she, wa- she wanted to invite fans in and then it ended up morphing into the slumber party and it, like all good things it came together super last minute and I'm pretty <laughs> sure it, it, within 48 hours we flew 32 people into LA and housed them in our studio and got I mean love sacks and everything needed for a slumber party and yeah was we, you we, sponsored by love sack no sponsorship because oh, they all. were like hardcore sponsoring everyone back in the day I wish no I they actually hated me because <gasps> I was like I need love sacks and they're like we don't really have time to get them to you that quickly I'm like what can you do where do you have them they're like we have floor samples so I'm like oh, okay I, I sent out an army of task rabbiters to grab all the floor samples oh my gosh from all the love sack stores in like in LA? So- SoCal area yeah, yeah. Wait, I didn't even know they had stores. Well, they probably don't anymore, huh? No. Did they flop? I don't know. <laughs> no, I feel like they were some... Oh, they are? Yeah, we want them to be a sponsor. Hi, Love oh. Sack. Yeah, no, we love Love. Actually, we have one that we can't get rid of because it's too heavy. <laughs> it's just stuck up there forever. We've been trying to get rid of it forever. Don't you want a Love Sack? <laughs> 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 They're going to stick to you forever. Yeah, you can't. You need, like, two people to move them. They'll, it's stuck in our house. We have this big black one upstairs. It's just, like, a big blob just stuck there forever. They were they were a vibe for a minute, but then I'm like, wait, I'm an adult. I don't need one of these. They're, like, a giant bean bag. So it's kind of everything. Is, um, are you getting excited for Ariana's Wicked? Are you still friends with her? Of course. Okay. Is she okay? Is she doing good? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> She's doing great. <laughs> I always am like... You know when you hear stuff, you're like, God, I kind of feel bad. Like, everyone's coming for her. And then I was kind of like, oh, she's probably fine. She's already gone. She like, doesn't care. You know what I mean? You know, there was like a whole thing. No, yeah. We don't talk about it, but. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Team Ariana, by the way. Even though I probably shouldn't be. People are like, no, be a girl. I don't know. I just love her now. I don't know. I used to like never really care. But now that she's been in the news, I'm kind of like, oh, I love her. You, so is that how you get attracted to somebody? Is it based on the headlines they make? Kind of. It kind of is. And it's weird. Like, her situation this summer, I was kind of like, you know, everyone was kind of like, how could she and stuff like that? But it's like. I just love Wicked. You know what I mean? Yeah, like course. she's like Linda. So <laughs> I'm gonna be Team Ari. I just love like I don't know. I just like a pretty girl too. I think because she's just so pretty, she gets away with so much. You know what I mean? Not to say she's a bad person. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm glad she's okay. She's not a bad person at okay. all. She's yeah, a, no, she seems sweet. Genuinely, <laughs> one of the greatest human beings to ever exist in my life. Okay, and perfect. ultimately, at the that. end of the day, I think you know everybody sees what they see, and everybody only gets a certain glimpse of it. Of course, yeah. But ultimately, like genuinely genuinely one of the most genuinely kind-hearted caring human beings to ever enter my life and taught me what it means to be a friend and uh, yeah she i would die for her i'd murder for her i will ride for her for the rest of my life i love that you gotta understand like and and this is what i'll say and i'll talk about all day i started my radio show because i had no friends like i started looking for community and looking for understanding and when i when i say like i genuinely like i i i existed i really didn't have anybody and I sought radio in this show and I built it 
to hopefully find and build something. And I could never have imagined in a trillion years what would come of it in so many different ways. Yeah. Both the community of people that exist on the other side of the speaker and the people who have sat in the studio looking at me like you, who have had impact on my life and created lasting and enduring relationships that I hope will stand the test of time forever. And she is one of them. And I am eternally grateful. I mean, you know, she she and Liz and so many people have come on our show at the very beginning of a ride that I think everybody dreamed of to a certain degree, but you never really expect, you know? Yeah. And uh, I'm just so eternally grateful. And, and I, she's a real best friend and a real beautiful person. And uh, yeah, she's amazing. Oh, I love that. I miss, I always thought I had genuine friends. And then, you know, over time you like, it just doesn't work out. And you're just like, damn, I really miss having, like, I don't have any genuine friends. And maybe it's me. Maybe I am like the problem of this because I don't have any genuine friends. But when I hear stuff like that, when you ride so hard for someone, like, Ups and downs. And of course, she's like just up, up, up. I'm not saying she's having a down. But it's like, ugh, I just love that so much. It makes me feel like, I don't know, there's hope for people. Especially you. You saying you have no friends. And you come in here with like, you have a whole group of friends that love you. You have people who respect you so much. Like, you probably are the most respected interviewer on the platform, right? Like, there's no one else. I think that, thank you. Like, 100% to, to, to that. Com- coming from you, like, in so many in, in so many different facets, like, it means the world. Uh, I think there's a lot of other really incredibly respected people who do what we do. And it's weird. Like like two days ago, I was like, I was thinking like, if you could pull together all the great interviewers on YouTube, who would really be on that list? And it's like, you know, I think Sean Evans, Zane Lowe, uh, Lex Friedman, Joe Rogan to a certain degree, whether that is polarizing in a statement or not, you can't ever take back his impact on culture and the sway that those interviews have had on the way people perceive his guests. Uh, Howard Stern is one. Um, maybe I'm missing a couple, but please fill in the blanks. But Howard Stern's also like 60-something. And yeah. aside from him, I don't know any of the, the people. Joe Rogan, I've heard of and never seen a show. But everyone else, never. you know what I mean? As Thanks. far as like not to say they're not big, but you're the one every single person knows. Influencers come through TikTokers. You Thanks. shifted now into like TikTokers. We, we try. <laughs> like you're a social media. You're like a podcaster now. I like love it. I see. I take your guests. I saw Terry Joe. I'm like, oh, you did Zach's thing? Let's come over yeah. here. I, I really do DM that. everybody who comes on your show. Not think, I'm like, well, you, they'll come on mine too. Yeah, but you need to know that everybody tells me when you mention our show. Really? Yeah. Oh my, oh god. my god. Yeah. Carlos Camera. Shout out to Carlos. Oh yes, Carlos. <laughs> he, he brings it up every time. Really? Yeah. I come in the next day. He goes, "You're on Trish last night." Oh my god. I Trish love. talked about you. Yeah. Well, because every interview I do, I just watch your interview. I'm like, well, let me just <laughs> piggyback off that because you ask good questions, but sometimes, and obviously, you go so long. But I'm like, oh man, I wish I wanted to know more of that. Stereo Joe, you were really good, or Keelan, you did really good because you. you know he doesn't have much out there either. So I was like watching his interview, and you got like really deep with him. I tr- with him. I I really love talking to people, and I really love getting to know people mm. and I love I, I got to give it to my mom like I'm very I, I, I am an empathetic person yes like you know by the way being in love and having being having uh, being in, in, in a relationship love. oh, oh totally God. yeah how, how long has it been oh not long enough to be in love but oh, I'm definitely in love, in love. Like I'm day. kidding no, no I'm kidding. oh that's so cute I fall in love right away I like talk about marriage within a week like yeah, I think it's Same. okay. And I've only had like two relationships like that. So you know what I mean? So it's. Wait, so do you fell in love with Moses instantly? Yeah. Oh my God. I think I talked about wanting to get married within like a week. Really? And I was being so serious because we met the first week of quarantine and I was just like, I want to marry you and blah, blah, blah. And he was definitely more like slow. You know, he was like trying to like slow down. And this is also the time I was doing OF. So he was kind of like, eh, I don't really know. That's not really like my style. Like, so I did a summer of OF and then we dated. And then, but then once we started actually dating, it was three months till we got engaged. Oh, so did you really give up OnlyFans to make this relationship work? 
Yes. Yes, I can say that because when I met him, there was like two months where I was making like millions of dollars a month. You know, I was making maybe two to four million dollars a month. And I could have kept going. And trust me, that's a lot for me because in my whole life, I mean, I barely, you know, I maybe made 10 million in my whole career or whatever. But like that's like in a month. You know what I mean? So... Yeah, and I remember when we first started dating, it was August 1st, and I had just, right before that, a week before that, I did, like, two videos that made me a ton of money, and I was like, ooh, like, I'm like, so I kind of, like, snuck it in there again, I was like, oh, it's like, but if it's work, maybe I should, he's like, I just am not comfortable for a day, so I understood that, and I was like, you know what, honestly, I'd rather be with this guy, because he's like, he was so sweet, like, he saved my life, like, so many times, I, like, just drug binges I was on that summer, he would just come pick me up, like, we weren't even dating, so he, like, really was there for me, so I was like, you know what, maybe this is a better path to go down, um, I loved being a left, though, it was, like, it was fun for me at the time, but, yeah, it was the love, you know, when you just know, you're like, no, this is something, so, let me just get this a try, so I think you do know, how long have you, you said a month? But, by the way, like, that's a challenge that he pushed you to, and now you find fulfillment and financial, you know, compensation in a bunch of different ways. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's it's great. It's honestly, and that is true. After after I stopped doing that, you know, I still made money on OF, and then there was other venues that just made me, you know. And the bottom line is, like, I always can find ways to make money, you know. It's just, like, whatever it is, you know. I just I always find ways. But I do believe what's, in love at first sight. Like, I do. What's the most inventive way you've ever concocted to get by? Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. I guess like OF, but like I used to do like a lot of things like for, I used to do like FaceTime calls with like, you know, just fans and stuff like that. Like, I guess I just always hustled. Like, I don't know. Hmm. I'm trying to think money wise. I always did YouTube. YouTube always did well for me. When YouTube started going down, I did Patreon, which was kind of like selling. <laughs> you, I, huh? Patreon. Patreon. Patreon was like, I sold nudes because you couldn't like touch yourself on Patreon, but I was like selling nudes on there. Got it. I think I've always done work in the sex industry. You know what I mean? Because I still have an OF and it still makes money, but it's like old content. So like new people who find me find it, whatever. So like that, that content still makes, I mean, it carried us we through the past, it. you know, like past couple of years and stuff like that. So it was, yeah. Um, Giddy up. Yeah. But also money is a flow. Like I'm someone who's like, I literally have so much money and then I have like no money. And I honestly am fine either way. Like truly. Well, I was interested. Like when I found out that you were saving up for something, I yes. didn't really understand what that meant. Uh, recently? Are yeah, you so, talking about? Yeah. Like yes. you saved up for some uh, Birkin thing? Oh, wow. That's a whole other thing. <laughs> That's like, I if I want to buy a new purse or boots, then I try to sell like an old purse. Like I'm trying to be more. Okay. okay so when I was doing YouTube, I was making like, you know, like at some point I was making like 150000 a month, 200000 which is like good for AdSense, right? And then with the ad. <laughs> reads you're making 250 300,000 a month Jesus. but every month for like 10 years I'd be back down to zero I would spend the whole thing all of it and I never would like save and then so I didn't know how to save until I met Moses I never owned a house because I was like I always say the story but like I always thought if you wanted a four million dollar house you needed four million in the bank so I'm like well I'm never gonna save four million dollars so let me just spend my 150,000 you know what I mean so that's all I did and I did all the music videos my music videos have cost me like 10 million dollars over the years Even are you looking at selling your catalog Yes, actually, people have reached out to me. Someone, op- it's so low. People wanted to buy "I Love You, Jesus" just the song alone for one hundred fifty thousand. But no. I was like, that's like a million dollar song, right? Yeah, easy. <laughs> no, no, but people have asked. But it's mostly big companies. I think I have to go with the private investor route because I've heard people selling their catalog for like you know. I always say this one. Scotty Sire sold his catalog for like one point three million. And I was like, if he can do it for one point three, I'll sell mine for like one point three. You know. I mean, you can easily get that. Yeah. You're talking about real art. Thank you. Somebody was saying one of your pieces should be in the Smithsonian. Which one? Uh, the the King Tut. <laughs> People live for that. I just did a magazine cover, and they're like, "Will you dress up as King Tut for it?" I was like, <laughs> "And it's a big one, and it like comes—I don't know—it comes out in like a week or something." And I was like, "That's." They brought a stylist to like style me as like fancy King Tut, and I was like, "This is the most bizarre thing." But thank you, I appreciate that. It's so funny how TikTok will do that; just like will make you viral for the most random things. It is crazy. But we need to talk about your love. You said you're in love. <laughs> yeah. 
Is this like, and this is your first relationship? Yeah. A month, you said? It's been a month or a month? Yeah, longer? I don't know. Kelsey's been keeping track. Six weeks. Six weeks. Oh, I love that. Do you guys celebrate every week? Because I, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> we should be. Yeah, that is what you should do. You need to celebrate every day. We do. What's your, what day is the anniversary? Like, when did you guys first start dating? Do you I know? cannot tell you that. You don't know the number? No. Like, the first ours was August 1st. Oh, wow. We met March 14th, but we started dating August 1st. Like, see, like, I, I, it was very low key. Do you know? When I asked him to be his boyfriend. Wait, you don't know the exact date? Oh my gosh, yeah. You have the best crew ever. Look at you. I'm so happy you're like thriving in life. I still have no friends. I relate to you. You're like, I need friends. I mean, me too. But you have this like crew that loves and supports you, knows the date that you started dating. You're 24th, you said? I needed that. Oh, that's so. Oh, so that's, yeah, that's over a month. Congrats. You made it a month. Did you guys celebrate a month at least? No. Yeah, we will. Oh my God. You're so cute too. Like I didn't know what your type would be. When I saw the outline, I'm like, God, I don't even know what your type would be. You've always been with gorgeous models, I will say, not to bring up anything. But when you had the wedding, you had a gorgeous model too. I was like, God, I just hang out with models all the time. Not to, I don't know. I don't know what that situation is, but (laughs) you're, but you're better looking. You literally look like a model. I was like, it's crazy. Look at you. You pull good ones. I don't even know if you're nice or whatever, but you're good looking. He's incredible. He's so, so sweet. He has such a cool haircut too. He has like a nine. You both have nineties haircut. You look like you're in Boy Meets World. You look like you're Twin Peaks. <laughs> you gotta look them up. Oscar edited in there the side by sides because it looks so good. Um, so you're in love. Are you yeah, just living definitely. together? Yeah, we do live together. Oh my god. Yeah, we, I mean, literally since the day we met, we have not left. He moved in. Wow. That day, like you didn't even go back to your apartment once, right? And you wow. gave up the apartment. Wow. But that that was us too. We we were together every day. We met during quarantine and we were together every single day too. And it's like so intense when you don't know someone to be together every day. Totally. It can be like a lot. For me, was it an adjustment for you to have him? Because like when he was at my place, I was just like, sometimes I'd be like on edge. I'd be like, this isn't, I, I don't know when I'm going to get my work done. I don't know. Or did you find balance easily? It's weird. I think I found balance pretty easy, but I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong because, uh, you know, the people I work with were telling me I was showing up late for, for a big That's string of time. That's what happens. No, when you start dating someone, you like, you show up late, you like, uh, you're just in the love bubble and oh you just gosh, are like, yeah. yeah. So you're like, oh, sorry. Like, I'll get that. I mean, I miss so many things, you know, but we did a, I was supposed to do Adam Carolla's podcast the second day we, or third day we were together and I slept in and my <laughs> hair and makeup people were like, they were so scared. We thought you were dying. They saw his like uh, car there. Like we thought you were dead because I like slept in and I didn't, I didn't know how to tell them because it was only our third morning together and I was like do you leave do you stay I'm like I don't know how to tell my glam it was very I mean it was fine you kind of stayed through the glam actually I don't know it was you know it's like an adjustment yeah but see you need to do that and that's exactly he like was thrown in instantly like so we went on we just hung out I don't even think we went on a date did we not even leave the house we, we we hung out <laughs> he didn't leave the house didn't leave well he wouldn't <laughs> he wouldn't kiss me for like a couple days Oh, well, that's normal, yeah, nice. I think. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it was nice. It was No, it was the right thing. It was the right speed. Right speed. We, we had sex the first night. So, <laughs> <laughs> I always did with everybody. I'm like one of those people but, where they're like, don't do it. No guy will take you seriously. I always did. And it's like. Why? I what? had a couple. Yeah. Um, Just get out of the way? I, yeah. I don't. I think it's like so natural. Like if you're attracted to someone, right? I don't yeah. know. Why do people wait? That's what I want to know. Why do people not do it right <laughs> Tell away? Me, I don't know. Yeah, like why would you wait? Why would you wait to kiss someone? Like if you like are attracted to them, and to me a kiss is like literally nothing. Like I'd kiss you, you know, I'd kiss yeah. anybody. It's like oh, you want to kiss? Okay. Thanks. I've been getting pretty good at kissing. I mean, I, I was good at kissing for a while <laughs> because it was all I was doing. Um, but I, you know, I'm. I'm are you a good kisser? Uh, am I a good kisser? Really? Oh my gosh. There's no complaints so far, right? Yeah, it's surprising. Yeah, it surprises me too because we're a lot alike, and I'm a terrible kisser, so I would not think I'm like don't know how to kiss. Interesting. Yeah, we're both ba- kind of bad kissers. But that's why it works. Yeah, we're really bad kissers, so we don't kiss much. 
<laughs> like we'll do packs, but he really doesn't like to make out, and I'm not good at it, so it just makes it easy. What are you the best at? Um, everything else. I'm, I'm the best at just laying. <laughs> starfish. Yes, yeah, starfish. Starfish. But now that I have a big belly, I kind of just go like on my belly. Now. <laughs> so what is that called? That's like it's like doggy, but if the doggy died, it's like <laughs> just flat on your stomach. He's really great that way because since I've gained weight, I'm just like I can't, I can't get on top. I can't do any of that. It's just so it's so much work. I'm gonna lose weight to get there, but I can't do it now. Getting on top is so hard. Are you losing weight for you though? Um, well, I'm not losing weight. Period. Right now, you but... don't need to. You look stunning. No, I want to lose weight for me. I would love to have a transformation. I don't know when that's gonna happen, but it's not today. <laughs> I just love to eat. We love to eat together. So. I love eating. I love cooking. I love seeing you but guys. But you lost together. weight. Oh, thanks. How much? Did what did you do? Did you do Ozempic? No, 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 no. Gosh, I'm not gonna lie. Very tempted to do Ozempic from time to time. I have been, but uh, it, never done it. No, 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 no. I have friends that have done it, but no, I've never done it. Um, what, did, what have you been doing? Just love. I guess just love has been making you cool. Lo- up. Lo- love, and I just think honestly, like just being aware, and honestly, like, yeah, it's being aware. I think I, I really I gained a, a decent amount of weight, and I've just been working on losing it, and. Will continue to do so. What's but being aware, like calories or just what you eat? What I what I eat in a day and how much I'm eating and like also why am I eating it? Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing I had to ask myself was like what was driving that? And in a lot of cases, it was like kind of sadness or distraction or whatever it was, mm-hmm. and um, really distraction. And now, like you know, I eat. Because you know, I need to eat, but also at the same time, I eat to enjoy it with people around me as opposed to, like, me being alone, sad, eating, whatever. Well, that's the that's the catch-22 of it all. That's a double-edged sword because it's like I would eat when I was sad and depressed. But now that I'm happy, I love eating dinner together because I'm like, oh, I have someone to eat with. And you that's know? why I do think I'm about to gain weight again. The because, love weight. Yes. And mm-hmm. it's like a, a weight of comfort a little bit. And that's Ye- not great. Yeah. I'm lucky because, like, I get it. I get it because I get a lot of people. I get the idea, like, if your partner gains 30 pounds, you're, like, not attracted to them anymore. I've been lucky because, like, I have gained 40 pounds since I met Moses. So, like, you know, I think if you're really in love, you don't care. Like, I don't see it really in me. And I don't know. I don't know. And I was going to say that, like, as you were talking about just, like, you guys together, I just get this vibe that you are the couple that, like, no matter what happens physically yeah doesn't like i don't think that you ride yeah i feel that way too but i know i don't want to get too comfortable and don't want to be like not you know not attracted attractive to him for him anymore either it's it's a it's a catch it's like hard especially when i was like pregnant and stuff like that but yeah it's a struggle i don't know i always just try to look presentable but like the weight thing i'm always a little self-conscious about i would love to be skinny i would love to be 100 pounds to be amazing also at the same time like you wouldn't be you yeah, people say that. I always wonder. I'm always like, God, if I lost weight, like I would love to lose like 150 pounds or something like that. But I just love food. I honestly, I would, I get depressed when I start dieting. I get depressed after like a couple of days. Like if I like restrict myself from eating pasta, I get like sad about it. How did you do it the last time you lost weight? I never did. Oh, you did. I've never lost. Oh, oh, well, I, when I was on meth in 2019, that was like the last time when I saw you. I think I, um, the first episode I was thin with you. The second one I was big. This last one I just had baby. So I lost but, weight here and there if I did like drug use and stuff like that. No, but didn't. What? I never lost weight, no. Oh, my God. Not, like, healthy or anything. I was looking at photos, like, but me. I think just slowly I've gained it. I just can't tell, though. Oh, uh, I mean, from from the first appearance on your show, I was, like, 180. So I was, like, oh, because that was when I was on meth because that was after my breakup. So that was 2019. That was summer of 2019. So I was very, uh, just not eating and doing a lot of drugs. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, it's a crazy time. But. It's fucking wild. <laughs> yeah. You don't do drugs. You don't do anything, right? You're sober. No. I always smoke weed. You do? Do you not? Yeah, yeah, a lot of weed. I'm always shocked by people who smoke weed. Not, I mean, not anything, but I'm just always shocked because you don't seem like someone who would. Do you smoke weed? No, I. You don't really drink either. I don't drink because I don't like the taste. Weed, I would try when we first started dating. I would try. It's never affected me. I think maybe I smoke it wrong or something. Maybe I don't swallow it right. I always try to like. (laughs) 
Swall- I don't know. And even edibles. Like, he can tell you. I've never, nothing, nothing ever happened. Yeah. Well, my boyfriend can help you. Really? Yeah. Are you too? Are you a pothead? I, I said this before. I asked if you would. He's like, Trisha won't. No. Oh, no, I'm not opposed to it. I just, I get nothing from it. That's what? interesting. I wouldn't have known that about you. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Because sometimes people in the comment section will be like, well, that looks super hot here. But, I, you know, I don't <laughs> smoke. <laughs> I'm not smoking that much weed, but I do enjoy it. Yeah, that's so interesting. Yeah, you know, it's. I think there's a lot of really interesting benefits to it, Um, and also at the same time, it's not for everybody. So, so you're 30 now, which is crazy. So that means like you would be looking to get married soon. Yeah, maybe. Do you want kids? Yeah, totally. Really? Oh my gosh, I could see you being such a good dad. Oh my god, thanks. You would be so. And would you slow down work, or would you still go? Do you go every day? Yeah, yeah. Like, are you going today? Uh, yeah. I work Gosh. every day and I do a, a, I do stuff in addition to the show and then I'm always looking to do more. So, yeah, yeah. More? Oh, yeah. No, you have to like, especially now that you're in a relationship, you have to like just keep one job. Like just do your one job. Otherwise, you're going to not have time for the relationship. Unless you can go everywhere. I mean, that works too. Now we, we work together. We're everywhere together. But And that's fun, right? Oh, it's the best. It's the best. Like I loved it so much. I think we'll find a balance with it. At the end of the day, I just want to do what I can while I can. And then on top of that, like I genuinely believe that there's so much that I want to accomplish creatively and professionally. And yeah, I, there's a lot I want to do. Like, by the way, like one of them being bringing shows to life for other people, no matter what that show is. Producing, uh, yeah. Yeah. I have a lot of different show ideas that uh, I'm working on and not for me. Like they don't all need to be for me ever. And um, also on top of that, like there's all also personal professional goals that I want to hit, like that are for me and things What's that I want to host. You know, I would love to host like a show like The Voice one day. Oh my God. Why aren't you doing that then? Uh, I would think that's like. Carson Daly does a really good job. So I don't want, you know. He's... Carson Daly. Is he still around? Oh my yes. God. What? He's very How much old around. is he? I don't know. I He's got to be like 50. Not in a bad way. Like aging is like it's a blessing to age, but... Carson Daly, I haven't heard that name since like 2001. That's so random. Yeah, he's out there. He's also on the Today Show, and one of my heroes is Al Roker. And I got a chance to interview with him. <laughs> I love Al Roker. I did the weather with Al Roker. What? I love it. Yeah. I wore a green dress, and it was the green screen. It was just the worst <laughs> idea. It's online. When I was Can promoting. Somebody pull that up? Yeah, I was on. Um, if you just type in Trisha Paytas Al Roker, it should come up. <laughs> I, was, I was on a promo tour for Guinness World Records Unleashed. It was like a TV show for Guinness World Records. And for some reason, I was promoting it with the host. God, I don't know his name. There was a host, and I have no idea why I was, I was on Good Morning America. I was on these promoting it I didn't even break the record and they're like do you want to go promo the show it was very bizarre and Al Roker we did the weather and I did it really fast it was very weird there it is see my green dress oh my god that's iconic yeah Al Roker is over there and yeah it was crazy he's amazing thank god it like wasn't too green like it just kind of blurted a little bit it wasn't too bad but I love he's your hero yeah he's one of them yeah I love him why Uh, he's at the end of the day I love a show like today's show because you realize that what, what friendship could be over a TV screen, over a speaker, over a phone screen? Friendship is unwavering. And friendship and real companionship has the ability to tell you not what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. Mm-hmm. And they will share laughs with you, but also share the worst possible news with you. And a show like the Today Show, a show like a good radio show, like what Howard Stern has done and Elvis Duran in New York has done – that's what it is, right? It's a group of friends that extend a seat to you mm-hmm. and through that rides with you through whatever, whatever life brings. And Al Roker's been on there for so long. He's survived all of them, right? Like Matt Lauer out, like they all get kicked out yeah. and Al Roker stays. He's a mainstay. Yeah. He's, and Hoda, I guess Hoda's on the show, right? Hoda's incredible. Yeah. Savannah Guthrie's incredible. Yeah, really great We could be cast. like uh, Hoda and Kathy Lee. I would give a limb. Oh my God. You're the Hoda. I'll take it. <laughs> 
I'll be the Kathy Lee. Yeah, for, you, can drink, you can drink some white wine out of a yes. giant mug. Oh my God, they were great. They yeah. were such gold. I love it so much. That's so interesting that you like, and you like Carson Daly. I never was a fan. I like I like old school media sometimes because uh, I do believe things need to be revitalized and renewed. And uh, even this, like what you're doing, right? All what you're doing is a combination of broadcasters who have come before you, oh, right? Like, Wendy. I just love Wendy. You got some Wendy. You have a little Howard. You have a little uh, bit of everything. What's the Howard? I love that. What do you think is the Howard? I just, think there's a good conversational approach I here. It's, it. it's more than just a, a hot topics. Yeah, I love, I do love, I do love Howard. He's so great. I love that he's like woke now too. Did you see recently he said something like he doesn't mind being woke? Like he used to be so shock value and now he's so woke and to me it's like that's so, but it's good. It's necessary because when you watch back the clips, like I love Anna Nicole and seeing Anna Nicole on Howard and the way he was like just trying to make her get on the scale, I like made me hate him so much. I was like, God, I hate him. And now he's like back on the swing of things, but he's kind of everywhere. By the way, to go full circle, I think it's just a testament that like if you're genuine in yourself, everything ends up finding a way to fall into place. And he's d- done that. Like, yeah. I don't think he's ever anything that's not himself. Maybe ex- again, like what I was saying earlier, exaggerated versions of oneself. Right. Same thing with me. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like very much true to him. Yeah. You guys get the same guest. You guys both had Demi Lovato recently. Yeah, we did. That's crazy. And your interview with Demi, like, not that I didn't like her, but I feel like the media makes you not like her, right? Like, they yeah. try to make you, like, think Demi's crazy. So I was always like, oh, she's kind of weird. Um, but then your interview, I was just like, God, I kind of actually really feel bad for her. You know, when you're talking about the poop video, the poop picture being, like, distorted and stuff like that. And I didn't know. And I was like, oh, God, that would suck. Like, you just think you look really ugly in a picture yeah. or a bad angle or something. And I was like, oh, I kind of feel bad for her. Kind of like. Not bad for her, but, you know, she, I feel like she gets a shit and I feel like a lot of girls do. And I feel like the media kind of made her look to be crazy because I always thought, oh, she's kind of crazy. You know what I mean? Oh, 100%. They just dogpile everything on her, you know? Well, I was just like, yeah. The, in, at the end of the day, like, it just goes to show you, like, you only get to know the real person if you go straight to the source. Yeah. And a, with us, like, we do not edit our interviews. The only time there's edits is when the artist or the guest requests an edit. Yes. That's it. And you do that. So we were talking about that beforehand. You were yeah. saying if anyone has an issue with your interview, you'll cut it, which not everybody does. Everyone I've, I've been on, they they do when I ask them to cut something, but not everyone does that. Everyone will say, like, I didn't want that to air. I wanted it to edit, but you will do it if people ask. Oh, yeah. Do you ever think to edit for other people? Like, thinking, like maybe that shouldn't go out there? No. Uh, and I guess maybe that is the wrong thing, but ultimately yeah. we create a situation in a setting where – you have the ability to speak freely. And I think the biggest issue with things like magazine articles is people will chop your words and Mm -hmm. use your words as they best see fit. This is your opportunity to come and really open up to whatever, to whatever degree you want to, but then also to use your words to express yourself and, and speak freely or as restricted as you want. Like it's totally up to you. We're not going to pry. We're not going to like push you into anything. And ultimately if you just want to be the most f- open, free version of yourself, and then at the end, edit it, you have that right to do so too. Right. It's like I, I can't. It's it's a very unique balance that we have to figure out with everybody. And uh, yeah, ultimately though, my goal and our goal has always, and by our I mean Dan and I, because Dan has a hand in editing the interviews and he does a lot of the back end stuff. It's to have people on more than once. Mm-hmm. Like we've been doing this for so long for a reason, right? And. If there's a narrative out there where people are making it feel like they don't have the ability to edit something before it lives on the internet forever, it's just not a true narrative. It's yeah. just not real. And um, by the way, to our detriment, like 
ultimately, are we cutting things that we think could hurt someone? No, but ultimately everybody knows for the most part that they have the right to do that. And for the most part, I mean, they know, like they should just tell us. Maybe they don't think, cause you're such a comfortable person to talk to. Like, yeah. you know, like I know when I've gone on your show, I'm like, sometimes I say like too much because I'm like, oh. you're just so comfortable. Sometimes like talking to a friend, you know what I mean? Totally. So I think you don't know until after. Cause I feel like I've gone on your show and I'm with Katja Joe said some of those things, you know, cause you're just like, you feel comfortable with But you. the other thing we do too all the time is like, if you want to just watch it, just let us, just let us know. We'll send you a link before it goes live and then yeah. you can make edits. Yeah. It's like, we really try to be the most valuable people out there because we want to do this based on like creating everlasting relationships that make you want to come back. Like I want you to come back forever. Like, oh my God, I love coming I to your show. I haven't come to the new, I think you have a new studio since yeah, last time come. I saw you. Oh, I love it. I, my only critique of your show is the lighting. Oh, okay, we'll it's fix just it. like, I look, uh, I still look so old. Well, the last one I looked so old and leathery on your show. We'll, we'll fix that. And I don't know if it's me or the lighting, but I'm no, going to blame your lighting. lighting. It's not you <laughs> at all. It's, it's definitely love, us. I love your show. I love the way you interview. I think it's like so good. What would your, be your personal goal? That's not interviewing other people. Like, do you want people to know you? Like, would you do a reality show? Would you do because you do interviews and yeah. I, like you don't do a lot, but what would you want people to know about you? What's your goal, personal goal? I don't know. I don't like, I don't know. Would you want to act, sing? <laughs> I think one day I'm going to run for public office. Ooh, really? Yeah. Okay. I could see that. Like a um, Senate? Yeah. I, I may run for. Uh, wow. Yeah. You, are you into politics? I am. I try not to talk about it on this show because like one time we talked about politics. Everyone's like, ah, no matter what you say, everyone like gets so, I know totally. nothing about politics, but. All I'll say is this on it. I genuinely, with every fiber of my being, believe that in this country, talent is equally distributed, but opportunity isn't. Mm. And so much of what we get the the chance to unlock in our lives is beholden to a few numbers that are our zip code and what's around us. And I think that's deeply, deeply unfair. And I think we can we, we will never be able to reach true equality until we realize that access to education, access to healthy food, access to uh, daycare, uh, the big thing right now, all of it, uh, mm -hmm. daycare. Uh, it could be just proper health care for, for, for anybody. Healthcare is so expensive here. It's like the only country that uh, has like, like Canada, you get free healthcare. It, the whole thing makes no sense. Yeah. And so much of what we have access to in our lives is based on the neighborhood we grew up in and the town we grew up in and what was around us. And I think that's unfair. Really, I, I, I believe that, like, I'm from New Jersey. I would love for New Jersey to take the education system that exists in their best school that the state has to offer and duplicate that education system in every single school from the tip of the state, from the top to the bottom. Whole thing. I think that the things like that are, are common sense to me. So It's like common sense, but my thing is always, like, how do you fix it? You know what I mean? Like, how do you do it? Well, the only way you fix it is by, like, getting in there and getting your hands dirty and realizing that corruption exists in every possible crevice and you have to rid it out and you need to look at where money is being spent. Right. And breaking news, like when you figure out where that money is going, it's going to places that are either deeply corrupt or totally unneeded. Yeah. And if we're not investing in our people, we're not investing in a bright future for anybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Our people are our greatest asset. We need to put people over profit in order for us to succeed. And at the end of the day, so much of what we face, like as a nation, okay, insane debts, okay, great. I want people out there working because when you're out there working and productive, you're contributing to society and that contribution generates tax dollars. Mm. And that through the right funnels, when it's not touched by corruption, should eventually Go off to paying the debt loads that exist. I think there's a lot of ways to balance our books, but also create a better, brighter future for everybody. 
you know, it's about when. Uh, yeah. You have my vote. I'll, thank you. That sounded like a campaign speech. That was so good. Thank you. <laughs> that was good. You. Were you ever class president? Because that was so good. No, you know, I wasn't allowed to run when I was like oh. in middle school. They wouldn't let me run. Because you had no friends? Well, no. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> They're like, he's a loser. <laughs> no one's going to listen to him. Yeah. <laughs> Because uh, most people won't be voted class president if people are, don't, are not your friends. Yeah, you know, it's you all like, yeah. Well, yeah, bull squash uh, platforms and stuff. Then. You would be class president of YouTube, like of the social media right now. Oh, my God. Thank you. What would I be voted? I, <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I think he could be like maybe uh, like I, I would say like give you a good title of like um, secretary of interior or something like secretary that. Secretary of interior? Secretary what does that even defense. mean? You're, no, I, I mean, what sec- is secretary of defense? Well, I'll give you secretary of defense in the YouTube sense where you... <laughs> <laughs> Your only goal is to protect those of substance that matter and from any sort of outside vulnerabilities. You know what I mean? Oh my God. You have such intense words. Like, seriously, your vocabulary is impressive. I like, can't even follow oh, up that. That's all bullshit. No, you're so good. The way you speak is so good. Would you be a politician that lives in a humble house, like a million dollar house, instead of like a $20 million house? Because if I see you get a $20 million house, I'll be like, that could have gone to the daycares. Here's the deal I will not be a politician <laughs> that takes anything more than what's allotted. And I genuinely believe that, like, any sort of politician that is a multi, 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 multi millionaire and acquires that wealth while in office is they, they are corrupt and not right. And the mm. idea that people in office can do things like trade stocks and take all the information that they're hearing in these deeply secured mm. boardrooms and carry that through to their, their, their stockbrokers is just really insane and, and disgusting. And I, I believe in this idea that like selfless civil servants are what are needed to move our country forward and fight for a better day for everybody. And I plan on being that if and when I plan on running. So the idea of outside corruption is no place. And at the end of the day, I answer and work only for the people. So that would be held to the utmost importance and it would be very transparent in the way I operate. Wow. You're of age now. You can, I think you can be what, 25 to be a representative or something. I really thought about it. My mom, uh, so my mom was a social worker in Patterson, New Jersey, which um, is just a very, just a, just a, a, a part of New Jersey that offered so much and continues to offer so much to the state and to the nation, um, but over the years has gone forgotten about in a way that it shouldn't have. And she works with a lot of people who uh, are lower income, and she's been doing that for she for thirty seven years before she retired. Wow! And uh, yeah, she just carried everybody's story with her, and she carried everybody's plate with her. Um, and I watched that firsthand. And then my stepmom was a, a high school teacher, uh, a theater teacher at an inner city high school for many years. And she was incredible. Um, and yeah, my dad sold furniture and then ended up selling mortgages. So I, I come from a really unique place of just wanting to give back, but also understanding the plight of what people go through. And most of my childhood, I, it was me and my sister and my mom, you know, she did it on her own. Um, and then my dad came in with my stepmom and, you know, we end up all now live together happily kicking ass and, Wait, what now? That. Yeah, no, we, all, we don't live in the same house, but we, they live very oh. close to each other. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so cute. So you're all yeah. together. That's how we are too. We have my mom lives down the street. It's really nice. It's really special. Yeah, to be all close with each other. Yeah. That's so cool. So you guys all move from New Jersey out here. Well, no, so no. New Jersey is everybody except for me, but when I go back, everybody's in the same neighborhood within a couple blocks of one another. But your family was, was there when you grew up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I grew they up. moved out here with you. No, I came here alone. And then they just like followed. Yeah. Well, oh. well, no, they they don't live in California. Wait, what? I thought you all lived together within ten minutes of each other. Oh, we well, okay. My dad and my stepmom and my mom in New Jersey. They do. Oh live my gosh! I thought now. I was like, wait, other. now you all live together? No. My bad. Sorry. I, when I go home, everybody lives in the same neighborhood. Got but when it, I'm got here, it. I'm okay. I'm alone with my boyfriend. 
until that's, he leaves. That's good. Wait, where are you going? Well, he has to go back to Australia for a beat. Oh, did you say where it's from? Should we bleep out where he's from? I thought you don't say his accent. Oh, people know, I think, that there's an accent. Oh, okay, okay. You have to go back for your visa or something like that? Yeah. Okay. Wait, so I, you had a quote too that I really liked. You, well, it's interesting anyways. You said it was hard for you to relate to like, I have the rundown. Let me oh get God, your, wait, let me get your exact quote. Oh my God, you got the car. Yes, I have the quote. I know. This is so, okay. Also you said, bottles. you're rarely happy to be queer, combating gay norm every day. What does that mean? Like, I thought you were so proud and like about being queer, being open, being all this stuff like that. So I saw that. I was like, that's so, because that was recent. I think that was in one of your yeah. round table. I am proud of being queer. I think uh, sometimes I do, it's hard. I think it is hard. If you go out to any gay club, at least in West Hollywood or parts of New York City, you see the standard of queer that is, in a lot of cases, unobtainable. But also at the same time, like I, I applaud freedom. I applaud one's ability to be themselves unapologetically. But also at the same time, I think there is this idea of queer that is that straight people have a perception of mm. and that other people within the community have a perception of. And it is – there are – Intense body standards. I think it's very unique to be a part of a community that has to like categorize everybody into different groups physically. I, I think that's wild. I, I think it's been hard to figure out how to navigate the queer community while putting personality and, and people's energy and essence at the forefront as opposed to like leading with what they look like. It's hard, especially LA, like you said, West Hollywood, all stuff like that. It's wild. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and you, you walk around and you see this standard of queer that is very hard to achieve. And at the end of the day, like it's, you know, I love being me. Yeah. I love the community that exists everywhere. I go in America at night. I am at the local gay bars fucking without a doubt. Yeah. Dallas, Nashville, Kansas City, anywhere I go, I seek out the gay bars because I know that's where I feel safe and that's where people who are like me exist. But also in the same breath, like I I would be blind if I didn't acknowledge the fact that like there is a beauty standard that exists. Mm. And I love Troy Sivan with every fiber of my being. But I look at that Rush video and I go like, would love to have seen somebody who looks more like me. Interesting. Yeah, we talked about that on this podcast too. It's interesting that he wouldn't because – just because, like you said, it is that standard. That's what's big – beautiful, and it's, like, weird. Like, you see Lizzo. You see all these other people. Not even Lizzo. Like, uh, who was it? Joe Jonas. I think in his video he had, like, a plus-size model with him. Huh? Like, it's – even just for the statement alone. Like, let's say Troy Sivan doesn't like that type, but it's, like, for the statement alone because it's 2023. It should be, like, body inclusivity everywhere. You know what I mean? And I think with that video – because I love Troy Sivan, too. And I was just kind of like, oh, man. It's just, like, sad. It's just, like, disappointing, you know, because he's such – he's such the voice right now. He is, like, the voice. And so I was just like, mm, it's kind of sad that he, like, didn't do something with it have you interviewed him oh i've i know troy really well did you text him about it uh i talked to him about it he just came on the show oh it, he did was it out i didn't see that one it will come out <gasps> and we what did talked he say? about it is he gonna put you in the next one um <laughs> should i learn the dance oh my gosh i think that would be everything would your boyfriend uh, allow it yeah uh, wow <laughs> you thought about it i don't know i'd be so jealous i'd be so, I'd want to see him kiss someone else i don't know i'd be oh. super jealous no kissing uh, Interesting. Not, so, but then if it was like me, I would love to be in like a music video with who do I love? The weekend. Yeah. I'll go make out with the weekend for it's acting, right? You know, it's not a big deal. <laughs> so for you, you rationalize it and it boils down to acting. But for I Moses, trust me, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I trust him though too. I don't know, it's so weird. It's such a weird situation. It's really the other party that you don't trust. Falling yeah, in love for Moses. But I right. <laughs> I'm like, I love Ariana to come on here, but what if she falls in love with Moses? You know? <laughs> and in that case, maybe, maybe. Well, I kind of get it. I'm kind of like, oh, I guess. You, you know see them mean? off together? <laughs> I just see you at the top of your driveway waving to them as they drive away. Wouldn't that be 
be wild. <laughs> I lost if Ariana's with Moses. I get it. <laughs> oh my gosh, that would be that would be wild. I she goes, it. she goes for like randoms. You know what I mean? Not that you're random, but <laughs> you never know. Anyways, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> Anyways, you have a very secure boyfriend. Well, you know, to let him be in a choice of on music. You should be in a choice of on music video. Yeah, let's see what we can do. Mm. Troy, you hear this? You oh hear my this? gosh, this? I love that. That's a lot. Because you you're a gay icon. Am I? You are. You are a gay. Before I even knew, before I even knew, I didn't know. You know what mm. I mean? Everyone's like, is he gay? I was like, honestly, I think he's just him. You know what I mean? Nice. I never think of you as like, but I like that with anyone. I don't like to put labels on anyone. Unless you love being like, just, I'm a gay, gay, gay. I love that. But if you're just like, oh, I'm just me, you know, I think that's cool too. You know, it was weird. On the radio show for many, many years, I would just talk about like my life and I would keep who I was talking about unisex. So I kind of like played up the little mystery. And then there was a turn where it just like, I just decided to be open about it. And um, yeah, it's, you know. People people find out that I'm queer every day. It's like one of the most common comments I think I get. Wait, really? Yeah, it's like What it's, do they think? They think I, like people, straight gay. Well, people just like don't know or I, I guess like just assume whatever or you know from the radio side and, and this is one thing that like there's like different people who know of our show, right? Like there's people who just listen on the FM radio, people who just listen to the interviews, maybe just know TikTok, just know YouTube whatever. So they have just different portals into the universe and um yeah, like dude, I ended up on stage one time at my friend Matt Bennett's party. He throws these like old school Nickelodeon parties. Oh, uh, party 101. And I showed up one time. And <laughs> party 101. It, it popped off on TikTok and everyone was like, oh, he has legs. And they were just very confused I had legs yes. because they only see me from the waist up, you know? Well, oh, right. I guess some people really don't think about that. Like, no. oh, he's got legs. Totally. This is your first time. This is like exclusive showing the legs. This is a lot. You this have is great legs. Show up on I love it. No, I know. I it was like I was telling you, I was like, I love the idea of this. And then I started like seeing myself like next to small little guys. I was like, oh my God, I look like a blob. I'm like, oh my gosh. I like a solo one where you don't see the like comparison, but it's fine. Um <laughs> Interesting. So it's party one oh one, is that like Zoe one oh one? Is like Jamie yeah, Lynn yeah, showing up? No, but other Nickelodeon stars are. It's like, like who? it's like a vintage he's a Nickelodeon star. He's on Victorious. He played oh, Robbie Shapiro. I never that was an era I think I was too old for maybe. I missed the whole Victorious era. Were you like iCarly era or what? Oh god no. I was I was even before like Nickelodeon. Show? No, no. No, I was like Rocco's Modern Life. Yeah. It was like really No, I don't even know. Oh Amanda Show, maybe. I'm like, I stick, was a Disney. Huh? Stick stickly? No. No, I don't remember that one. Oh. I wasn't Nickelodeon too much. I watched like So Weird on Disney Channel, okay. Lizzie McGuire. I was like, I'm way older than you. I'm 35. So I that's, was like watching. You're five years older than But me. that's a big difference. My co host Oscar is 30, and it's like so bizarre, like talking to him because we just don't remember any of the same stuff. It's like very bizarre. <laughs> so yeah, like Victorious, all that stuff, I like didn't, I wasn't there for. Only through your interviews do I know Victorious. So I was like, okay. Uh-huh. Victoria Justice was on it, right? Yes. Okay, I know that. <laughs> that's, all, that's all you need to know. That's all I need to know. And just like that, the show is done. I'm gonna have her on. Um, what was the worst interview you've ever done? Like for you personally, where you're just like, that was horrible. Like you just felt so bad about yourself after. Um, I knew you. We knew. I, I knew you're gonna ask this. Really? Yeah, yeah. And I, I like. It's weird. Like I don't necessarily have. Like there's some injury. Okay, I'll tell you. I'll be honest. Be honest. And, and I hope it doesn't ruin me moving forward. But like I really did not get along with Marshmallow. I don't think when he came on my show because he was. He was acting as a marshmallow. Wait, who? Who's this marshmallow? You know the DJ? No. He looks like a marshmallow? Is he the one with the white on his head with the X? Yes. Okay. His name's Marshmallow? Love yeah. that. He looks like a marshmallow. That makes sense. So he was acting like a marshmallow, but that's who he is. And, and this, you were mad about that? And on this day, we educated Trisha Paytas <laughs> on one of the most successful DJs Wait, I in don't the last know. 10 years, right? He's up really? there. I only know DJ Polly D. That's the only DJ I know. Taste, yes. taste. <laughs> 
And by the way, he's having a resurgence, that DJ Pauly D. Yeah, he's kind of everywhere. Do you know him? Can we go hang out with that? No, Jersey? We sure. Can, if you want to, I can, I know his team. If you want to do that, we can definitely arrange. He seems a little too straight for me. I'm not about straight energy. I, like, I understand that. Yeah, having Jeff here, Jeff Woodick, I had to have Tana because I'm just like, I need some feminine energy because like some straight bro is too much for I me. like Jeff. I like Jeff, yes, uh, but I- Good guy. Yeah. But it just, you know, there's like, and I can see it with them too, like just straight energy where he's just like talking about like her sex life and there, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's like, you're too straight for me. I don't yeah, know. I, I get that. I get, you know I what get, I mean? Uh, yeah. So it was good she's here because usually I get really aggressive. Like for some reason with Jeff, I got like aggressive. Like, I don't know what it is about straight guys. I like get aggressive. I get like so mad at them and I'm like, what? Because I kept, I kept like not trying to insult him, but I kept insulting him without trying. I was like, oh my God, why am I being so harsh right now? I'm being so mean. Trauma. Yeah, I do think there's a little PTSD. And not necessarily from him, just straight people no, in general. Straight, yeah, straight men. Yeah, I like a feminine energy man. Like, that's what I like. You know what I mean? I think straight men have a really interesting place in your life. Toxic. They're so toxic. Well, this is a whole, this is a Zach Sang interview right here. Because yeah. I feel like we've talked about this. Yeah. No, they they definitely give me a trigger for sure. You know who you like, though? A straight man that you enjoy? Who? Donnie Osmond. I can. That was my. That was that was the moment where I'm like, I feel like this is the right path for me. I think I'm on the right path because I was just like, I I couldn't believe that happened. I book all my own guests, but Donnie was like, uh, like a gift sent from above. Like there was a connection, a connection that just happened, and I was like, how did this happen? Like it's so crazy. What do you mean you're booking your own guests? Like, I book everybody. So you're just DMing. I'm just DMing. Yeah, I just DM everyone. And, like, people have reached out, yeah. which, like, you reach out. I was totally. like, oh, my God, this is so cool. So um, people have been reached out. Some really big ones, too. And I'm kind of like, people I didn't know. And they all of a sudden I'm getting, like, voice memos from people telling me all their secrets. And I'm just like, oh, my God, do you want to come on the podcast? Like, yeah, it's been crazy. Iconic. Yeah. I so, knew this was right for you. It feels right. It feels good. And then when you wanted to come on, I was like, you're just, to me, like, doing your show, I've always just felt, like, validated on your show. Because you are, you are that person. People respect you and love you. And people didn't respect me and love me. But when I was on your show, they, like... Love me. You make I, everybody lovable. Is, I, you know what? Thank you. But also that validation from you means a lot. And uh, you've always been like an incredible hype person for me. And yeah, you mean the world. And that interview was really good. But also like it did like what you would do after that in the podcast space would go on to really modernize and like really make this space very relevant. So mm. I thank you. Oh my God. And I also thank, thank you. you for giving your all every time you come. Like you do the most to be on a show. You came yes. dressed as Gerard fucking way. Oh, that was great. I was hoping he would see it. It never works. I'm always just like, maybe he'll see this one. I mean, <laughs> he never, he's never, never sees sure, it. Though? Well, I'm not sure, but I'm, I'm You're pretty sure. sure. He's not like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he has to have seen it at this point. You know, someone's dressing like you and recreating all your videos for like hundreds of thousands of dollars. You have to like, maybe not. Maybe he like doesn't care. Somebody's I don't know. sending it to him. Yeah. No, I don't know. I don't think he's just not on social media. Like he doesn't post. He doesn't follow anyone. Have you ever met him? No. No, never. I just know Frank. <sighs> Did you ever ask him about it? Or is that like annoying? Well, to I was ask? thinking like, maybe we'll just send a couple of your links to Frank. We've never done that. We could do that. No, that to me, it's like, that scares me. I don't Why? know. I just don't. Cause my worst fear, it's like Brittany too. And because Brittany's on Instagram, it's like being like, stop, just stop doing this. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're annoying. Or like, this is embarrassing. No. I think they might be like that. Yeah. No, I don't think so. I think people really appreciate when you appreciate their art and you're a genuine fan of theirs. And like, all it is is showing appreciation. Right. Or just like copying though. You know, some people don't like when they're being copied. You really think they're threatened by your... <laughs> <laughs> Sad Boy 2005 is coming up. We're coming with the third album. It's happening. <laughs> they're so excited. We're, we're listening to Sad Boy 2005 no. on our way here. Oh, man. They that are just time. almost parody songs of, like, a collection <laughs> of you know, the biggest pop I punk literally records. give, like, I'm not okay. I'm like, but do something different. Yeah. <laughs> just change it up a little <laughs> bit. I, I love it. I would just do, like, straight up, like, copyright, but I wanted to make a little money. I made no money off them, but I was, like, <laughs> I was hoping to maybe make a little bit. I don't know. I loved making music. It was so fun, and Sad Boy 2005 was 
It was great, but... I loved your tour. I saw you live on stage. That's what I'm saying. You... I was just talking about this. Like, that era of my tour, like, even my bestie friends in the whole world that I've been friends with for, like, 10 years didn't come to that tour. I loved it. Like, no one came. Yeah, you were the you were one of the only people that came, and I was, like, I mean, of uh, people I knew. And you were so sweet, because you were you are such a big deal, and you're such an influence in the music world, so when you came, I was like, oh. That show was cute. It was a cute. I missed tour. You were great. I just respect realness. Thanks. And you are just so honest and real. So I don't know. Oh. I fuck with you so hard. Thanks. Dude. But not Marshmallow. We didn't even get into oh, it. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you the story. This looks like him. Yeah, it does. A little bit, right? Kind of. Honestly, look, it's giving Marshmallow. <laughs> it's giving Marshmallow. Is he a real? Okay. He just didn't story. talk to me. Uh, he wouldn't talk and because that was the character. But it was really weird because when he came into the studio, he was talking normally. And then... He wanted to talk to like a robot over a computer, but then I couldn't ask him questions. I was only able to talk to him like he was a marshmallow. So, like but, an actual marshmallow in the microwave or something. You're just like, hey, how's it cooking in there? What were you asking him? I, I, I mean, that's kind of fun, actually. That's kind of iconic. What a challenge. It was rough. I, well, I just was confused at the outset. And like, I just want to make it clear like, I've interviewed a turkey every oh Christmas, I interview Santa. I interviewed Poppy all the time. I interviewed Lil Michaela, an AI pop oh, star. Oh, yeah. I remember Lil Michaela. I interviewed a monkey. Like, I interviewed, I'll, I'll interview You'll anybody. You'll do anything. This marshmallow was super hard. Wait, really? Yeah, That's I could talk to anybody and everybody, but I couldn't do this. Was it because you were thrown off? Like, were you not prepared for yeah, it? Yeah, well, it's just more like you would talk to me like a normal person, and then he would sit down and then he'd be like, I'm only talking over the robot thing. And you can only ask questions about like what it's like to come from a marshmallow pack and be in a grocery store aisle. Okay. And I was like, Whoa. I like that's a performance art. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just wish this team would have briefed me on it before. <laughs> right. And then he was there with Anne Marie at the time. Who's amazing. And she's come on the show since and she's freaking incredible. And yeah. And yeah, you know, she was, she was amazing, but it was hard. It was just hard. It was a hard one. How about your best interview? Oh, that, I don't know. Are you on a sleepover? I hold interviews in special places in my heart uh, for different reasons. And my first interview with Ari or my first interview with Liz, they mean something to me because they gave me friends that I I would die for at any second of any day. And they matter the most to me. Um, But then there's also interviews that like, I don't know, like really uniquely hold places in culture and have changed the way people see a human being or have added information or insight into people at a very crucial time. So an interview that stands out when I say that is like, we had Olivia Jade on the show Mm -hmm. and she had come on our show and I'll remember forever. I met her because I went to David Dobrik's house after the day I met you for the first time at the AJR concert. It's all weirdly connected. Wow, yeah. I remember like, so AJR, like three of my best friends for many years and like, they're in town. David was throwing a party or something, and he invited them. And they're like, you got to come. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll go. And I meet this girl, Olivia, and she comes up to me, introduces herself, and she's like, I have a makeup palette. It's coming out soon. Would love to come on your show. And I'm like, yeah, 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 sure, whatever. Yeah. Take her number. We didn't have her on the show for the makeup palette. Months go by. I meet her in, like, October. It's April, I think. We have a dead week on the show. Oh, no. Dan's like, who the fuck should we have on? I'm like, oh, I met this makeup girl back in fucking October. I love it that you remembered. We should, I'll see what she does. I'll hit her up. She comes on on a Wednesday. The interview goes up on a Friday. And she talks all about how she doesn't want to be at college. Her dad lied, like took his parents' money and used that money to like fund his t-shirt business. That money was meant for college. How like she doesn't want to be there. She wants to be doing her business. Her parents really forced her to be here. I mean, it's it's essentially like 30 minutes of her just giving the deepest of insight 
into her college experience, her parents' attraction to college, all of it. Before like, the Trish? Yeah. This interview, we cut it on a Wednesday. It goes uh, up on a Friday. Uh, I'm not kidding. That Monday, I'm driving to work and I, I can I'll remember it forever. I'm driving down Wilshire Boulevard and I look at my phone, I get a CNN breaking news alert, and it says Felicity uh, Huffman and Lori Laughlin indicted uh, on what now we know to be the largest college admission scandal oh ever. And this interview goes on to being played like clockwork oh. every 10 to 15 minutes across every news network all over the world for what felt like the next year. Oh my God. How did you feel? What well, did you feel about it? Were you like, this is so exciting or you like, oh shit. It was wild. It was wild because it was like, I was getting stopped at the grocery store by like older women asking my thoughts on something that I really didn't know what was what it was. Right. Until I educated myself on the extent of it, and um, it was wild. It was just it was it it was just interesting because it was something that was so not one of the reasons why we would ever make headlines, and it's just an interesting perspective and insight into something that the whole world was following at that time, more than just an individual person. Yeah. Like it was insight into like. The thought process behind really successful, wealthy parents and their desire Mm. to push a reality on their kids. That they don't want. Exactly. Yeah. And sometimes you don't think about it. I feel like even just the short time we've done this, like a month and a half, like sometimes I don't even think about the things that are said to me or vice versa as being like tea or anything. I just think like, oh, that's that's nothing. You don't think about it. And then it becomes such a big thing. One of the big examples of that too from our show is like Bozzy comes on. Right when mine is popping off, Taylor Swift's on a stadium tour. This is pre-COVID, and she adds mine to her, like, stadium playlist as, like, in the top maybe three of, like, her Spotify picks or whatever. He, for some reason, somehow comes on our show and talks about how nobody's making albums and that nobody listened to Taylor Swift's album. Like, said all this stuff about Taylor Swift. Uh, What are you saying? Are you, like, trying to defend her? Are you being like, no, that's not true? I... I, we have to pull, to your point, like, I don't remember everything. Okay. Uh, so I have to pull up receipts. I never want to misquote myself, and I'm generalizing his quote. So you have to pull up the receipts. Um, but they exist. Just Google Bozzy Taylor Swift. Like, it's very obvious and out there. I'm pretty sure I did defend. I think Dan jumped on his bandwagon to a certain degree. Um, but, I mean, dude, like, ends up having lasting impact on him. Like, you, you know, you're talking about Taylor Swift. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's artists who have come on and talked about BTS, and that's had lasting impact. Like, people come on and say things, and it does last forever. And it goes on both sides, right? And then, like, people come on and change the way people perceive them for the better. Right. Miley you see them a different way. Yeah, Miley Cyrus, I think, was one of those people. There's a bunch of people like that. Right. Because I feel, hmm, interesting. Because on one hand, like, where morally do you stand? Because on one hand, you're just like, oh, man, this is really great views. I just got, I got, like, this, like, tea, this explosive. But on the other hand, I'm like, oh, no, like, my show, like, Every podcast I had done before this, every time I'd go on their podcast, like they'd get canceled for something, you know, and then I felt bad. I felt guilty. You know what I mean? But then on the one hand, it's like, well, it's getting views and stuff like that. So how do you like balance your morality or do you just like not, you're like, oh, I didn't say anything. So it's fine. Or do you feel bad? Like, damn, it was my show that they did this on. But God, she's like, you don't know what's going to gain traction until afterwards. Like, and and if anybody thinks that they know, like what parts of an interview are going to hit, like you really don't know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I felt bad. I felt bad for Olivia Jade because she was going through a lot in her life and yeah. It was just a, a a part of just this larger shitstorm. And then I do feel bad for people who say things that they shouldn't have. But the hardest thing is retracting something once yeah. it's already out there. It's, yeah. You just can't. And I'm listening intensely when people are talking. 
any good interviewer listens more than they talk. Mm -hmm. So I'm listening deeply, but I'm not necessarily in, in 99.9% .9 of the time. I'm not thinking about like what that, Oh, that's a good clip. Oh, that's going to make headlines. I'm thinking about how the fuck I'm going to follow that up or like, what, where am I going with this now? Or right. what am I extracting out of that to make more of? So I'm not thinking in the moment that this could be something. It's only once it is something that I'm, able to understand it with the person who said it. Right. And then I feel bad. I do. And, yeah. and there's DM proof of me trying to help people. But the God's truth is what you can't do is delete something once it's out. If yeah. it's already seen and it's in circulation, you're admitting fault by editing it out. That's very after, true. Or deleting or anything like that. Then yeah. it's like, okay. And then if you delete it, someone else uploads it. So they oh, get, it's, yeah. it's already out there in the world. Yeah. Once I'm it's on YouTube that. once. Oh, yeah. I know. I regret it. I think I deleted like 2,000 videos. I'm like, gosh, I kept some of those up because they just like circulate anyways. I'm like, gosh, I should have been like had that video. Did you go through and watch all the 2,000 that you deleted or did you just know from the titles? No, I saw if there was Shane Dawson like delete. You know what <laughs> I mean? And not just because he was problematic just because I'm, I'm sure there was something problematic back then. That, you know, because also like 10 years ago, I was just like a different person. I said, I'm sure there's so many vlogs where I said crazy. I mean, it's probably better I deleted those because I pro it was me talking crazy shit. But in general, I try not to delete even TikToks. Uh, you know, I'm just like, well, it's already out there. And like you said, then people, then it's more suspicious and then people talk about it more. And it's hard. It's hard. Well, and then also if people are already acknowledging it in like the comment section or something and then it goes missing from the YouTube video. It's right. Like, so you just leave it up. Did yeah. you leave that one up? Yeah, Bozzy stayed up. Did he ever say anything? Like, take he, it down? He, yeah, he did ask to take it down. Um, but he's come on the show, I think, twice since. So. Oh, so he asked and you're like, but then you're like, oh, you will take it down normally or you just No, don't. we didn't. No, for him, because he didn't tell us to edit it out before it was posted. So you're like, oh, oops. It's already out there. Did you try to, like, console him and be like, it's already out there? Like, it's not? Yes. Yeah. There's a bunch of DMs of me going back and forth with him, like, consoling him. And, like, I think at one point we were down to make the edit, but I told him, like, you should be prepared that it's going to look worse. So, like, think about that. Yeah. Once it's out there, it's out there. Yeah, because then, like, we look like everybody's in cahoots and everybody's, yeah. like... Well, I guess that's why some people just don't do interviews. Yeah. I feel like there's so many people... My co-host loves, like, Olivia Rodrigo. She's, have you interviewed her? She doesn't yeah. do interviews. Oh, she, oh you have? Yeah, it's oh, twice. I thought he was like, she doesn't do interviews. I don't know. Who doesn't do interviews? Like, what main artist, like, besides Gerard Way? I mean, like, a lot. The weekend won't do an interview. Oh, he might come on ours. What? Yeah, I think in a couple weeks. Wait. When he's back from his Latin America tour. Wait, hold on. Yeah, is that Wait. a big one? I don't know. The weekend? I mean, I just, from the idol? <laughs> is that? You're yes. crazy. <laughs> Tedros. Wait. Yeah. Wait, what? Is he done? He doesn't do you, interviews? Are you trolling me? No. Wow, that's huge. Is it? Oh, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't say it. Maybe we should edit it out. I don't know. Should we not talk about it? Wait. Yeah. Wait, that's massive. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't really do anything like this from my understanding. Oh. Well, that was just in my dream, but maybe it'll happen. I'm manifesting. <laughs> <laughs> that's my manifestation. <laughs> Thank you. He's my dream, but I didn't know he didn't do interviews. I really did just discover him through The Idol, and I, <laughs> I, I love that show. I love him. That show made me clench every time. I was just like, oh, like I just, I never felt that way. I don't watch adult films. I do nothing. Nothing gets, turns me on. That show, I was just like, Ooh, and I was like really? embarrassed to watch it with Moses. He would like make lasagna, and I'm like, I can't eat the lasagna. Tedros is on the screen. Like he's gonna think I'm fat. Like I was just very like about this show. He was so good. His acting. Really? Oh, I was, I was hooked. I had to find out everything about him, and I did. I started like research. He was on tour in Europe. I wanted to go see him. I was like, God, now he's on the Latin American tour. So I was just like, I need to find everything about him. I love him so much. I love your obsessions. Yeah, this one came out of nowhere. And the origin stories are unique. The Idol's great. Did you watch it? No. Oh my gosh, that is the best show I've ever seen in my life. Really? Yes. Are you upset that it's not getting a second season? Yes. Oh my god, I'm 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 devastated. Once the strike's over, I think he'll come on because I know they can't talk about past work. So maybe once it's over, yes. Abel will come on. Manifest it. 
Yeah. I'm I just, tweet him sometimes, but he never tweets me back. But he tweets, but he doesn't tweet me back. Not yet. Oh, God. People say I look like him. I've been, I was told that. <laughs> yes, I was told that. That everyone was like, you look like you look like him. But even before I knew who he was, people would tell me I look like him. So I did a cosplay, and I did look very much like him. I did a dress. Yeah. yeah. People really looked at you and go, you look like the <laughs> yes. weekend? I do put a side by side. What? Yeah, it's crazy. They also say I look like, yeah, there's a lot of people. Anyways, who else? Thing. No, who do people say you look like? Mr. Beast. Oh, no. <laughs> Have you interviewed him? I wish. I don't. I don't I'm not a fan. What? I mm. really like him. Why? I think he's really cool. Very creative. Very inventive. But don't you think there's like a machine behind him, like a company? Like he's not doing all this stuff. No, I think at the end of the day, I think it's him. He has a really cool team over at night that get things done. He has a really cool partner in Reed. He has a really cool little creative crew around I heard him. it's like a cult. Someone I know, someone was just telling us this, that they interviewed to be on Mr. Oh, I know who it was. To work there. And you had to, like, live on the compound in, like, Atlanta or wherever they're at. Oh, wow. And you couldn't leave. Oh, interesting. I mean, you know, maybe that's where he does his work. He has his probably sound stage But why can't you leave? Studios. Why do you all have to live together? I mean, is that true? Yeah. This guy's a reputable person. I don't think he'd make it up. It wasn't, like, an interview. He told me. He was just like, yeah, I did an interview one time for Mr. Beast. I was like, oh. So Mr. Beast is sitting down with people and being like, you can only work for me, but you're stuck here. <laughs> yes. You can never leave my campus. Yes. <laughs> That's really believable. Allegedly. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I think so. I don't know. I know nothing about him, but it's interesting that you would want to interview him. I really do. I think he's really, you don't think he's, what, what he's done is incredible. Also, he has a great brand in Feastables. I really respect it. Okay. Is Feastables the chocolate or yeah. is that the food? But did you see Keith Lee? Do you know him? He's yes. a food reviewer. He said it wasn't great. He didn't like and Mr. Chocolate. Beast was not happy about his review, I heard. I did see that, but then they yeah. did a review together. But he still said it was like, okay, it was like well, mediocre. We want, he wants honesty. No, he didn't want honesty. He wanted him to, he was like upset that he didn't give him a good review. See, I need to be up to date on gossip like this. Yeah. But I, I do know a little bit of this. I love the TikTok drama. I'm a big TikTok drama person. I, but see, I, I, I find it interesting that you don't like Mr. Beast. You know what? I don't know. I'm just being a little bit of a hater. I think anyone who does well, I get a little jealous of because like I've never popped off like him. You know what I mean? So I think like I'm a little bit of a hater where I'm just like, I don't get it. I don't get it being real. I really don't get his appeal, but I don't watch his videos either. So I don't know. I mean, they get like a lot. Well, like that's I, what I'm saying. It has to be like a machine or something because it's like, how do they get so many views? Well, he has a production house. I think he does really crazy stuff and I think he puts a lot of money into the, the videos and I think ultimately... At the end of the day, like with YouTube, and I don't know it for sure because I do a whole different set of content the same way you do a totally different set of content. I do think that the more outrageous you are, the more strategic you are with your thumbnails, the more strategic you are oh. with your headlines. And ultimately, the, the way you get to be more outrageous is by putting more money into things. And that garners views. And I think, look at, you had Jeff Whittick here the other day. I think right. he sadly has been a victim of what that is gone wrong. Yeah. And that should be a reminder to people. I think that's why I correlate Mr. Beast with David Dobrik. He reminds me of like a new David Dobrik or something. Because I don't think it's the same thing. They like give cars away and Teslas. No, I think Mr. Beast genuinely changes people's lives while also creating captivating content and really has a brand of substance. And, uh, you know, I think two totally different people who have built careers on two totally different uh, pillars. And I think, you know, the, the vlogs that the Dobrik thing used to put out into the YouTube algorithm and into the zeitgeist, we're really, uh, yeah, funny to a certain degree sometimes, but sexual in nature and kind of inappropriate and sometimes overtly racist and just a, a bunch of shit yeah. that was really grotesque when you really look at it. But when you really look at what Beast is doing, it's totally different. It's, it's, it's this idea that like YouTube can be bigger than life and you could help normal people in the process yeah. and it could be incredibly entertaining and funny and the way he produces it garners both old and young people and just totally different like he's doing competitions and games and stunts whereas that other shit was 
by the way, like they did stunts, bottom of the barrel shit. And when it got really bad, he was putting people in harm's way. Yeah, right. In, in the worst possible way. Isn't that crazy? It's wild to but, me that he gets away with that. But again, like if you look back at the history of that, all it's going to show you is, duh, putting people in harm's yeah. way for views is a pattern. It's a pattern that existed over there. Yeah. People on YouTube have uncovered the pattern. They've shined a deep, strong light on the pattern. Uh, yeah, it getting to a point where somebody w w was yeah hit by a piece of machinery like that, duh. Like, right. Of course it was going to get there. I think Mr. B said that. I saw, on again, on TikTok, there was like a clip, like an interview recently he just did. He was like on stage talking to someone, and they're like, you know, what? what is like the difference? It's almost like what's the difference between you and David? Like, what, like how do you keep your stunts safe? And he's just like, well, common sense. You know what I mean? And like that is kind of what that whole group common lacked sense? and stuff like that, and someone ended up getting hurt. Well, I think ultimately, yeah, common sense, but it also stinks from the head down, right? Like, so <laughs> I think common sense was a, one of the fucking problems that existed over there. I yeah. think really ugly, gross motives and morals were definitely a part of it too. Like, yeah. Oof, and looking da. back, yeah, it is weird. Cause it was so hyped and like, no one thought anything bad about it. And then now it's like looking back, you're like, Oh my God, that was like actually disgusting. I saw it pretty quickly, but it's like, you know, it took a minute cause you're just so in it. And when the majority of people love him, they still love him. He's like, it's like a million dollars off Snapchat. He's still, obviously he had the all American rejects at his party, which Sorry. what? Yeah. When did the American all American rejects come back? They weren't they like 2006. I was like, how are they still like relevant? I guess they're not. That's why they're at David Dobrik's house. Like, <laughs> yes. He doesn't have the that. weekend. You know what I mean? He yes. has all American rejects. <laughs> I'm not a fan. They weren't, they weren't that nice to me when I did their music videos and beekeepers daughter oh. and they were not very nice. Do you know them? I, they came on the show once and uh, they were kind of rude a little bit. Yeah. He has, he's very just not nice to people around him, like the crew. and Yeah. And well, you know, Definitely a hard, hard, hard to be uh, an E-lister and uh, hard to. <laughs> the E-listers are the one that's the worst. When you talk about Ariana Grande being so sweet, A-list, right? You know what I mean? And then you have people. Oh, you're talking about a guy who's still living off of checks from uh, Gives You Hell. So. I mean, that's the only song I know. Although it was a bop. Give You Hell is a bop. Oh, yeah. Huge. I mean, it's keeping that yeah. guy fed. It has to. It's very There's nothing true. else. Yes. Did you hear last? Did you hear that My Chemical Romances might be going on tour with Fall Out Boy, was it? I love that. Yeah. Could you imagine? I didn't get to see them last. We have to go see them. I swear. You invited me to Gwen Stefani, and I was like, oh, maybe if it was My Chemical Romances. Trish, but thank you for inviting me, by the way. That Trish, was so nice of you. I will make sure you have tickets okay. to My Chem and Fall Out with everything I have. I've never asked. I've never no. asked for anything. And like last fall, I remember being like, because I just, I, we already talked about the story about the forum. I was like, do you have any like connections where I can just like get in? Like, and I tried to get, I ended up having Pat, like, uh, I know. because you had tickets, Don't all you needed was forum club. I know. Well, I didn't know all this. It was last minute. Also, I just had my baby weeks ago. I don't think you're supposed to like leave your no, baby no, no. like weeks. Oh my God. Yeah. And then you were going back and forth on text of like, should I leave? Can I leave? But I, I want to get out of the house. I know. I really, really wanted to. But I also heard like, if you leave your baby in the first few weeks, like they could die from like just not being attached to you because you have to like really bond uh -huh. with them in those otherwise they could like physically die you know what I and mean and you so. could not leave live with yourself if you yeah I thought about them driving you. with me to the forum but I think something <laughs> else was happening that night in Inglewood there was like two things happening that night and I was just like I don't know this is gonna be like too much it was I promise yeah if you don't have other larger restrictions and restraints I will ensure that you get tickets I get pregnant again that's what I was talking to my co-host about I was like wow man I always just think like if I got pregnant again probably my chemical romance would go on tour and I'd probably miss it all over again because I was nine months pregnant when they were in the US and so I missed every show but that's not a if you get pregnant you gotta, gotta ride. Yeah. Do not hold on pregnancy for My Chemical Romance. I've been pushing it off, but I don't know when their tour is announcing. <laughs> oh my gosh. Because I had tickets 2020 when they were supposed to go on tour, and then they pushed it off for two years, and then that's when I got pregnant. I was like, oh my God, it's just not meant to be. That's why I'm saying I don't know if I want to cross paths with them. It's almost like they say if you see, what do they say? If you see a duplicate of yourself, you wouldn't recognize you. Like if you saw your clone on the street. So I always feel like if I saw Gerard Way, it's like seeing my clone, I'd be like, oh no, like the universe would combust or something. <laughs> 
I don't know. You really think he's your clone? Um, yeah, but I don't know. Maybe that's Delulu. I don't. Maybe a lot of people feel that way. I feel that way. I do feel like a weird connection. I don't know. It's very. That's what I'm saying. I'm maybe a little scary that way. What does Moses think about it? Moses, usually you have a microphone and cam. I'm just lucky that I'm dating both of them. <laughs> All the personalities. That I'm married to both of them. Would you let Trish hook up with Gerard Way? No. Got it. Oh wow. <laughs> Is that news to you? Yeah, because he loves Kate Bush, so I would let him hook up with Kate Bush. But I don't want to. Yeah, that's true. That's the difference. No, you know what? I, I wouldn't either, if I'm being so honest. That's why I feel like I trust me. Like, you know what I mean? If it's for a role in a music video, yeah, like, I, if it's a role, I can make out with somebody. Right. I mean, if it's if it's a professional setting, yeah. Got it, got it. Yeah. But I think, yeah, like, I'll, I'll never do anything with anyone. It doesn't matter how pretty or famous the other person is. Can I? I took like, back what I say earlier. We talk about Moses being in the mo- in a remake of the Ten Commandments. You know the movie with Charles Heston. <laughs> okay, if they remade the movie, I see like Quentin Tarantino directing it. They'll probably get Moses to play Moses because he's Moses and like he's age appropriate for Moses. You know whatever. <laughs> if Gal Gadot played Zipporah, I would let you have a love scene. I would let you like make out with her and stuff like that because that's that's professionalism. So I take it's it back. It's a Bible what I say. story. I don't think we'll be making out. <laughs> yeah, well, they had babies. <laughs> but I, I would. You know what's so funny is that so. Anyways, that same magazine I was talking about, they did an interview with me, and they were like, where would you take Gerard Way on a date? I'm like, this is a weird question. Like, I'm married, all this stuff like that. And I, I told them what our dream date was, but I was like, our spouses could come too, because he's also married. Yeah, that's interesting. Anyways, that's a whole other thing. I love it. I love your addiction to pop culture. That's, like, what really gets me going very much. Like, you really are a fan. I'm you a care. fan. Are you a fan of everyone? that Like, oh, you're a fan of pop culture. Yeah. You I, get excited to interview the people you interview. Oh, fuck yeah. And, and that like, I really care, and I'm genuinely interested. And not in everybody. God's truth. Like, you know, not everybody's like, the same, obviously. But I do find what fascinates me and what genuinely interests me in everybody. So that's, yeah, I really do give a shit. And music's like ingrained in me. Like when I was like a week old, my mom was like waiting online at the Stone Pony for Bruce Springsteen tickets. And Are you a fan of? Oh, the first concert I ever went to was Bruce at Giant Stadium at the time. I was like nine. He played for four and a half hours. I saved for the whole thing. Four and a half. That's longer than Taylor Swift. Yeah, fuck yeah. Wow. He actually holds all the records pretty much for the longest a uh, consistent show so he'll play without stopping he won't even talk in between songs wow he just goes that's amazing that's good stamina yeah it's wild and he seems unproblematic he doesn't have any scandals does oh, he oh no Spruce you had him on right uh, no, I wish. No, who did you just have on? I had Neil Young on. Maybe that's years ago. Oh, I had Michael Bolton on pretty recently. Uh, I had the guy from Smashing Pumpkins. Wait, Michael Bolton? How, wait, Smashing Pumpkins? That's Gerard's inspiration. Yeah, we had uh, Billy Corgan on. Oh my god, he yeah. Like I feel like he took My Chemical Romance, like Smashing Pumpkins, to do My Chemical Romance. You know, he like did interesting. It. Yeah, he said that. I think I think totally. he like his albums were like based off them and stuff like that. We had Corey Taylor on from Slipknot. He was Corey just on. Taylor. Wait, how did you get Michael Bolton? Uh, he asked to come on. No, yeah. I've seen him so many times in concert. I'm kind of obsessed with Michael Bolton. He's really unique. We should do a song together. I would, uh, you know what? I was listening. Do you sing? I know, but I can start for you. Did you learn the TikTok? Because we're going to do a TikTok after this. I did. Uh, well, we should probably do the TikTok. Yeah. Yeah, probably, right? <laughs> did you learn it? Yeah, kind of. I, I, yeah, I did. Do you know High School Musical in general? Of course. Do you know, we know who we're being. Oh, yeah, I'm Ryan and you're Sharpay. Okay, that's why you said you were This like is from High School Musical 3. Right? High School Musical 2. Oh, it's just. They I'm shot sorry. it up in Salt Lake City. I was there to do bet on it, so I stayed in that same resort where they shot this whole movie. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's why we could have been Troy and Sharpay from High School Musical 2, because they do the little tiki tiki, you know, like yeah, you yeah, are yeah. The music. We could have been them. Because you are giving Zach Efron vibes today. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. What song, what genre would you sing? 
Um, I mean, I I feel like I'm a storyteller. You know, I do some singer songwriter folky stuff if oh, necessary. Like who's folky? Or some some Broadway musical shit. Oh, you like musicals? Love musicals. No, we never talked about this. Yeah, like um, so I grew up pretty close to New York City, like uh, 20 miles out, 25 miles out, and we'd get all the mailers for like the cheap tickets mm-hmm. all the way up, and that was the one thing my mom was able to take us to from time to time, and my dad too, and yeah, loved it. Grew up on it. I've seen like Wicked a bunch, Hairspray a bunch. Do you sing a little? Can you sing a little? I love karaoke. Yeah, I mean, right like here. yeah, I can't like I you know. What's I mean, your favorite song from Hairspray? We'll go right now. Um, I mean. Like <laughs> you're crazy. I love singing. I want to sing, especially since we're dressed. Well, I guess we should do high school. Well, we can do hairspray. We should just sing something. I, I'm like, I don't know if I can sing just acapella, but um, what's like a song? I'm trying to think of a hairspray. I know all hairspray. You're but gonna I do Good Morning Baltimore, you gonna, but that's not a duet. You want to do it? Take uh, it takes two isn't a duet either. Um, um but like without love. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah love that's pretty good. <laughs> no, I can't sing either. Tracy, I'm in love with you, no matter what that's you good. say. That's your line. Yeah. It's without love. <laughs> Life is like, I don't even know. Fun a season with no summer. Oh, yeah, you know, sing it. I know the lines. Without love. Come on, go. Uh, Life is Doris. The stay at, I don't know. The Apollo. Yeah, Tracy, very good. I'm in love with this. Hey, and uh, never. No, you know it. You're just not I singing do. it. Wait, how about you can't stop in avalanches of races <laughs> down the hill? Sing. You can try to stop. Why is that? Nobody ever wants to karaoke with me. We should really go to karaoke, okay, though. but can you karaoke something with me right now? But, like, where's... Uh, this, yeah. is, this is the thing we do at the end of the show. We always oh. do a karaoke number. Oh, do we? So it has to be Defying Gravity, Hairspray, <laughs> High School Musical. Nobody prepped me for this. Um, uh, something has changed within me. Something is not the same. Sing it, yeah. I'm through, through with playing, playing by the rules of someone else's, else's game. Too late for second guesses. <laughs> Too late to go back to sleep. It's time to trust my instincts. Close my eyes. Here it comes. And leap. It's time to try. Defying gravity. Yes. I think I'll try. Defying <laughs> Come on, get it, Ebony. And you can't hold me down. <laughs> Nobody even needs to see the Wicked movie. Nobody at all of us. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no that, that there was or was. He's ever gonna bring together me, me down. No. more than anything I in the world. You. Thank you for doing that. I mean, I wish it was more. I think you could have gone more full out, but I appreciate it. Hopefully one day we can see Wicked together. We can karaoke. We go see Gerard Way. We should do Benihana too. <laughs> that's even, that's more like realistic. So we yeah, could do that. I, w- I mean, we could do all of it. I love Benihana. I really, like, I consider you a friend. I hope, I know I'm a bad friend sometimes, but like, no, know I'm that a I'm bad here. friend. I like, I'm really just, I never leave my house, so I'm a bad friend, but I would love, if you wanted to go to Benihana, I would get Benihana with you. How close are you to it? Literally, I live down the street. Oh my God. Let's do it. Yes. You can bring Malibu and your mom. Ring. Yeah, we can do. Oh well, if we have how many people? If we have eight people, I can be the chef. What? Yes, it's so fun. I did it one time. Yes, and then but you need eight people for the table, and then they'll let you be the chef. I did it. Yeah, let's do it. Yes, we can go. Wait tonight. I don't know if we can go tonight. But we can we can plan it. I just need to find a sitter for Malibu because she likes it, but it's it's a long, it's an That's experience. You know what I mean? So we'll, we'll, we should do it. I love you so love much, you guys. Too. Check out the Zach Sang show. I'm so sweaty. I'm so sorry, I and um, I love you so much. I love you too. And hopefully, one of us will get Britney Spears. Okay. Her book is coming out. Maybe Fingers we'll get and toes. Yes. All right. Bye, guys. <laughs>